What's going on, everybody? It's Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. And that's you. Wait a minute. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. It is Gordita Tuesday. My voice ain't warmed up right now. Gordita. Gordita Tuesday. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. We back in here and for some all the humanity. humanity. We in here to carry the weight. You can't take the weight. We're going to get it in here today. We got a great show today, but the main event topic today is going to be why women fight over high value men. We're going to take it to the extreme and go to Tejas and talk about a woman who deleted her competition. Well, she didn't delete. She hired a pookie to delete her competition. When she lost her high value man, guys, the old school love triangle is going to be highlighted today. And in today's culture, we don't see many love triangles anymore. What tends to happen is women tend to move on on the carousel. They just go, I'm just going to go over to all of these options that I have on social media. We're going to talk about this generational time difference and what happened to the love triangle. The love triangle's been gone because women have options out here now. So anyway, daddy. We also have other great topics today. Look, trigger warning. I've got to put my trigger warning. Viewer discretion is advised. You are choosing to watch this content. You are here on your own volition. You clicked on my face and now you were warned. And if you proceed, it's your problem. But unfortunately, the people who watch this show and are going to get triggered, they're not going to watch this part of the show. They normally come where somewhere in the middle of the show and then they start bitching. Mm. All right. You know how it goes. You bitch. You indeed. Bitch. Yes, indeed. Also. This show does not promote hate or harm of any person based on their gender, relationship, status, weight, race, or class. All right. The goal of the show is to promote healthy lifestyle choices, in particularly for men and finances, emotional relationships, and lifestyle. That's what we do around here. You know how it, you know how it goes. And now that we got the disclaimers out of the way, here are the stories that we're going to cover today. As you see them scrolling across the board, do me a favor. Hit the like button or it's going to get belly deli in here. On a Gordita Tuesday. And as tradition, every Tuesday we show our favorite Gordita. Bigger than the 10 fingers. All right, girl right here. This is our favorite gal. And a lot of y'all brothers got gals like this. Let's go ahead and show her. What's the question? What's your body count? What? What's your body count? Body count? 260. I'm not going to lie. No, not your, your body count. What do you mean? How many? Oh, no, she's way more lightweight than I am. Ma'am, how many bodies have you had sex with? Oh, no, I can't count that. <laughs> oh, no, I cannot. <laughs> Let's just say it's more than the 10 fingers. Indeed. Look at Jose. Jose looking in the air. He said, oh, Jose is thinking right here. He's thinking. Oh, the humanity. He's also thinking. Yeah, that brother's starving. All right, yes, it's more than the 10 fingers, she said right here. Hold up. Just say it's more than the 10 fingers, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, baby. I, I heard it the first time, baby. <laughs> oh, the humanity. All right, yeah, man. Somebody, you know, y'all brothers got to take one for the team. And, you know, it is what it is. She in the triple digits. It's more than them 10 fat fingers she got. All right, appreciate her. That's her favorite girl. Anyway, she's going to be a mascot by the end of the show. To contribute to today's show, Dollar Sign CGA Live on the Cash App, 
Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV. PayPal, paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. And yes, we are demonetized. We are a demonetized show. So that's how you show support on this one right here. And I think the free agent lifestyle, sorry, the PayPal link is at the top, pinned to the top of the live chat on the free agent lifestyle channel. Also, on the Notorious CG channel, <laughs> on the Notorious CGA channel, you have super chat capabilities over there. So if you wish, you can drop something, a message, something that you want to say, commentary or whatnot. Just don't promote. Just don't promote anything and don't promote anyone else's channel. Don't be like, oh, you know what? Our favorite YouTube content creators on live right now. I've seen that a couple of times. I've seen that a couple of times in the live chat. They're like, oh, what I'm doing is I'm going to go to Rumble and I'm going to watch these guys with Coach Greg Adams in the background. Like, dude, that's a L. The hell's the problem? What's the problem? By the way, Rumble. <laughs> what the fuck? Rumble. I've been over there on Rumble. Uh, everybody, go to Rumble. I've been over there. You know what it looks like over there? Yeah, wasteland, <laughs> right? Wasteland. Yeah, let's take a ninety. Let's make a ninety percent, ninety-eight percent pay cut. Go over there. Forget YouTube. Just go over there, dude. Rumble. They don't even comment over there no more. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I go to Rumble. <laughs> go to Rumble. <laughs> hey, check it out. What, what were the <laughs> You what we're thinking about it is like they're like, oh, these other guys are over there doing it. Yeah. And they got like 10 times the audience of me. They're like nobody super chats. They don't even comment during the show no more. Mm. Oh, hell. Anyway. Yeah, that's the last time I do that. But I just wanted to show y'all just in case somebody ever says it again. Yeah. If you see all over there, man, it's a wasteland over there. Nothing's going on. Yeah, slowly going to get there. I'll be gone. I'll be stopping doing comment by the time I'll, I will stop doing commentary by the time they get there. I will be I will be yesterday's news by the time they get there. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyway, what are we at? That what are we at? We're going on over here. Anyway, what are we doing? Oh, let's get to the earlier contributors to today's show. How about we do that? How about we do that? How about I move to Buffalo, New York? How about that? <laughs> Hey, you know what? Buffalo, New York's going through it now. But, Coach, by summertime, it'll be great. Move the Buffalo. Where are we at? Uh, let's see here. All right, let me see. Did I, did, did I put up the links? Yes, I did. All right, hold on for a second. We got Stony Montana, says Gordita, NBA Hot Tuesday. Just don't let them eat all the barbecue, fellas. It's barbecue in there. Save some for the junior college. Hey, check this out. I want you to guys know, man. Now, I don't know if you've dated larger women before in your life. The one of the best things about them early on is they tend to not eat around you due to insecurity. All right. So they can be very cheap dates. Some of the some of the bigger women are your cheaper dates. The skinny women order a lot of food and they freaking take it home. So that's the big thing about dating larger women is during the first couple of dates, they don't eat a lot of food. They'd be like, I don't want to look like. I don't want to look like I'm gorging like I usually do. They just be eating a little bit of bites. I'll take a salad. No chicken, no blackened salmon on it. No nothing. <laughs> but then when they get home, you know, they be. <laughs> yeah. And then if you get into a relationship with one, she going to eat you out of house and home. You know, when they be sitting there, you know, you know how it is, brothers. You take you date a bigger woman and you finally move her into the crib. And um, she talks about all the diets. No, oh, I'm going to go with the pan. I'm going to go with this diet. I'm going to go on keto. I'm going to go on Weight Watchers. 
I'm going to go on all of this paleolithic. I'm going to go on all of these diets. Then you catch her ass with an ice cream sandwich. You catch her ass with an ice cream sandwich. She talking all that shit about how she going to turn it around. And then she go up in the kitchen, open that refrigerator, that freezer crunch. And then she close that refrigerator. She come back and sit down and she peeling back that ice cream sandwich like this. And she put it to her mouth and she look over at you like this here. Like you bet not say nothing neither. You bet not say nothing. <laughs> you know she wanna she about to go in there, take a big old bite of the ice cream sandwich. She peel all that shit back, and you just to looking at her. You know how you looking at her. You looking at her Martin Luther Lee. She sit down. You staring at her ass like this. You like oh, you on the seafood diet now? What you see is what you eat. <laughs> you on the Dunlap diet? Your belly go still done left over that damn belt line. Yes, I see what you're doing, baby. You bet not say nothing either. She go looking at eating that hagen dazs She's sitting over there like, <laughs> and you want to say something, you looking at her ass like, yep, see your ass again. Uh-huh. I see your ass again. Remember when you told me, you told me when you go in there and get an ice cream sandwich to kick it out your hand. Now I'm going to start kicking it out your hand. She going to gnaw on your calf. Okay, <laughs> poor thing, poor thing. We got Warhammer says more than the thin thing, guys. It's barbecue in there. All right, we got, uh, let's see, I'll say no government name, Coach. Yesterday, when you said, quote, stop working and tell your wife no more vacations and see how much she loves you, it really opened my opened up. It really opened up a new red pill lane. Outside of our moms, baby, everyone loves the successful people in their family more. Wow, the successful people in their family, of course. Yep, you know that uncle, that family, they, they did well for themselves in real estate. They come over, you know what I mean? They look like they getting, you know, their skin is all better. They don't look all tired and fatigued. They look all healthy and happy. They kids look like they, you know what I mean? They got the comb over due. They kids look like they future soccer players. You know what I mean? They come over like, look at these healthy ass kids. You know what I mean? Look at you guys. You guys are all fit and lean. Everybody loves them. They come over with all the gifts. Oh, my goodness. Now, let them lose his ass in real estate. Let them let lose their ass in real estate. I knew they wasn't going to make it. I knew he was a scam. He get arrested for doing real estate scandals. I knew he wasn't going to make it talking shit about him. But when they see him, oh, hi, cuz. Hi, primo. Hi, uncle. Hi, Tia and Tia. You know, Tio, Tio and Tia. Hey, Tio and Tia, Tio Poppy. Tio Poppy, come over here. They love him. They love him. Or, you know, the uncle, the uncle that be out there, he was a former drug dealer. He turned his life around and started a record label. And he doing well until all his artists get shot up. You know what I mean? And then he won't, he don't have anybody to make no more records. <laughs> Oh, man, and now all of a sudden his label go down and it was funded and back funded by an old drug dealer from the 1980s, Frank White. And then he get out of jail and then he gets sued. It's, it, yeah, they smiling in your face, the backstabbers. Yeah, man, they don't like him then. <laughs> record label ass uncle, record label. Yeah, he took them PPP loans. He did. And they like, see, I knew he was, I knew he was a sideways ass drug dealer scammer anyway he also says fellas think about how you would feel if a relative left you a paid off property some stock and a few thousands of dollars 
and even watched when they passed. And even a watch, I mean. He says, to know that someone thought that much of you would be special, we should all try to do that for someone. Yeah, we should bless somebody, especially, yeah. We should definitely try to bless somebody. That's leaving a legacy, leaving a legacy for you guys, man. The legacy ninjas, legacy ninjas in here. Oh, by the way, we're going to talk about prenups here. The attorneys are going to be watching now. We're going to talk about prenups. Valerie Bertinelli had a prenup and the husband contested the prenup. And then Valerie Bertinelli just threw in the towel instead of fighting the contested prenup. So the prenup was basically worthless. In the end, and Valerie Bertinelli just wanted to get out of there, so she paid him off. We're going to talk about that in a minute here, and that's what I've been talking about with this prenup thing. I'm like, you could just contest it. And then people were like, well, it's better to have the prenup, right, and, and have them contest it, and then fight the contesting. It might cost you nine or $10,000. Now, if you have millions of dollars, $9,000 is not that much. Like, if you have at risk, you know, you're going to lose $200,000. $9,000 seems like a fair trade-off, but we're going to show you that. We're going to prove that. CGA don't lie to y'all. Jones G says, my favorite African-American out here. We doing uh, it. Look at my African-American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. 45. And uh, is Donald Trump going to run? I know they say he's going to run. Mike Pence is throwing his name in the hat. Donald Trump, they're going to tr try to prevent Donald Trump from running. <laughs> All right. They trying to find everything. They try to find everything to prevent dude from running. I mean, tell me you're scared without telling me you're scared. They don't want him to run because they know his ass will win. I mean, win in a fair race. All right, shout out to who is this in here? Uh, we'll call you Reynold. Reynold, he says, um, hey, coach, you see Eddie Griffin parroting free agent lifestyle principles on YouTube. Eddie Griffin on marriage is dead. Ed, dude, I'm telling you, shout out to Eddie Griffin. Um, but that being said, I probably have said a line or two from his stand up as well. But I told you about my principles in the free agent lifestyle and other people's cop probably can say the same thing. Look, with this being said, uh, people I'm in the position on YouTube where I do get celebrities and stuff that watch me and uh, other people, Instagram people, people famous on Instagram. What tends to happen is they, and I said this earlier, I said, how many people actually share my videos? Now my videos aren't shareable. Like, there's no woman on here. I'm not debating and lambasting a feminist. I'm not roasting anyone. It's, it's somewhat unexciting. So if somebody says, look at what this guy, Coach Greg Adams said, nobody plays that video. I've been saying that about content creators. Very few content creators have said, Coach Greg Adams said X, Y, and Z, as opposed to Fresh and Fit and Kevin Samuels. Nobody uses my content like that. And then when I say, a, a couple of people say, yes, they do. They just say it in passing or they'll disguise my name or they won't reference my name or they'll say make up my name. And I've been saying this for a while. And I know other content creators have been saying this as well. The reality is our space is going to be invaded, not invaded. Over the last two years, our space has been invaded by new people that have taken these concepts and made a mainstream. And that includes celebrities. That includes celebrities. That includes people who um, weren't previously red pilled before 2020 and the explosion of Kevin Samuels. So now they come to this space and then they take the same talking points to their mainstream and they blow up. Now, people have accused me and new content creators of doing that, too. But I've been around since 2018. And uh, this is what happens to people like me. So these principles that I've made, they're just going to repackage it. Boom. Put it up to something else. And 
Just truth be told, a lot of people thought the new creators before 2018 were doing that. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. The concepts that we now have been talking about the last five to 10 years are going to be packaged by mainstream artists, rebranded, repackaged, same freaking talking points. And you know what they're going to say? You know what they're going to say? Because people see my content sometimes on TikTok. Every now and then, every now and then, I, I do look at one or two TikTok comments. And every now and then, there's this person saying, we got another guy trying to be Kevin Samuels. And that's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm like, what? Mm. Like, I was... My channel was big before uh, before April 2020. My channel was bigger than most people's channel, but they only see me as someone copying. They see me as somebody copying the Kevin Samuels and the Andrew Tates. They say he sounds like Andrew Tate. Like if people find me now, they'll say, oh, he sounds like Andrew Tate. He sounds like Kevin Samuels. <laughs> and I haven't changed my message since 2018. And with that being said, because people don't tend to share me, they don't share my videos. They might say, oh, Coach Greg Adams said every now and then. Or they might say, peace leave. Shout out to Coach Greg Adams. They might say something like that. But I'm not a shareable, I'm not a shareable uh, type of format. My format is just me talking, hitting you with truth. So it doesn't sound exciting. Like, I want you to think about this. How many people have reacted to my videos and said, Coach Greg Adams said, and then reacted to my video? Think about all the reaction channels. I would say very little, very little, very few people have done that. Most people just, and matter of fact, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one more thing. If I play a video, say for instance, I say, I'm going to share this video and I share the video. Most content creators will take the video I shared and make their own video, <laughs> but I won't be in the video. They'll just take the video that I shared and make their own video. <laughs> like I'm just like, you know, but listen, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered by that. But then when people tell me I should share other people's shit, <laughs> I'm like, hell no, hell no, because nobody shares, nobody actually shares my videos. They might say my name and say he has a book. There's a whole channel. There's a whole channel where they done took all of my talking points and basically made their own auto, auto channel. I ain't even on the day. My picture is not even on the channel. What is the channel called? What is the channel called? <laughs> There's a whole channel where they just take my, they take my words. They put an auto-tuned voice on it and they play the freaking channel. They play my damn whole talking points on the channel. I ain't even on my face. They don't even reference my name. I don't even have an at. I don't even have an at Coach Greg Adams. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even, they don't even at my channel. See, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about people don't share my shit. They, they just don't. And it's okay. Look, it is okay. But I know my position in this. I know my position in this lane. I ain't copied nobody. Maybe people can say in 2018, I might have copied you. But since then, I've been in my own lane, minding my own business and all of that shit. It's, it's crazy, though. It's crazy. So don't get mad when I don't share other people's shit over here. Because ain't not one, ain't not one person put me in a damn thumbnail or reaction video, and it wasn't a diss video. <laughs> only time, only time I'm on a thumbnail is if somebody's exposing me or dissing me. Period. Period. Mm. Anyway. 
Anyway, getting on with the show, just so you know how I really feel. But yeah, where are we at? Where are we at? Okay, let's see here. I got the first thing, the first commentary ready to go. Cohabitation. When men, what happens when men are frugal? Yesterday, the talking point was this. Okay. Uh, but, but, uh, let's see here. Yesterday, the talking point was this. I say, take your relationship, remove everything you provide from the relationship as a man, and I say, you will lose the woman. Remember when I said that? I also said yesterday, men are frugal. Men can live off far less. And I said, when you mix the two, when you cohabitate and you become frugal and you start removing the comforts that she had, she, she's going to leave. So let me show you. There's a video actually pointing this out. I love when the Lord is on time. All right. I love when the Lord is on time. By the way, you were the kings of kings of this. You were the king of kings of this. The speaker of content. The speaker of truth. <laughs> and the king of content. Well, this is the best. Let me start over. Okay. This is why nobody shares my shit. All right. So here we go. Let's play the video. And this is a skit. Yes, it's a skit. But this is a video of what I was talking about. You remove the value from the relationship, you lose the woman. Also, men can live off far less and be happy as opposed to what women do. And if you combine those two, you're going to lose the woman. Let's go ahead and play this. Babe, we ran out of toothpaste. We need to buy some more. Oh, no, we don't. Here you go. Okay, um, anybody know his name? He's been on Vine for quite a long time, been around doing content for quite a long time. This is a skit, uh, but it, it the skits do. There is art imitates life. There is truth and humor, and this is somewhat true. I, I challenge you guys to, that, that think that your wife is in love with you, and I say just start removing the value. Remove the value. Remove the things you provide. I bet you you won't do it because you, you don't want to know the truth. You don't want to know the truth. His name is Adam W. Shout out to him, Adam W. And um, and I say, you don't want to know the truth. Like, just stop paying rent. Just stop paying rent. Rent's due, motherfucker. Just stop paying the electric bill. Stop paying for trips and vacations. Just stop doing these things. And I'm going to tell you really swiftly, your value, the relationship dynamic will change. You're going to lose the woman. And that's just the reality of the situation. So Adam ECW, people are saying, appreciate Adam for allowing me to share that video. But that's what it is. And also, I also was talking about both of these points yesterday. Men are frugal. Men don't need that much. And men can get by. We don't care about, you know, cutting the toothpaste tab. We don't care about tipping. I cannot stand these corporations that put that tip up there and they didn't do shit. Like, you don't. I'm not tipping you for working at Chipotle. I'm not doing it. I'm not chipping, tipping you for donuts, but they have that on there to make you feel guilty. No tip. You're not working on commission. 
Okay, you're working on hourly wages. So, um, yeah, so men can do without that, and we don't have that guilt anyway. Anyway, there you go right there. I thought I'd show that to back up my point on that one. Let's go to the next story, and this is about your boy, Leonardo DiCaprio, out here in these streets, hitting up the junior college once again as Leo. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My story left. All right, hold on for a second. I hate the Daily Mail, All right. They always have messed up all these ads popping up on the Daily Mail. But anyway, this is the only thing right here. Leonardo DiCaprio, age 48 years old, exit nightclub with his latest 23-year-old. 23-year-old. I got money. Squeeze Victoria Lomas. Extreme as extreme age gap pair enjoys their third date in a week. So remember, he traded in Gigi Hadid, who hit the famous, what, 28? I think it was 28. As soon as he, they hit 28, he goes back and trades them in for a younger model. Hell yeah. I'm with you on this one, Leonardo DiCaprio. And let's take a look at what he's doing. And of course, I know, brothers, he's sitting there. Y'all sitting there. Well, I don't like him like that. She looked like, oh, she kind of a little thick, too. She kind of a little thick. Leonardo DiCaprio. Was seen for the third time this week with actress Victoria Lamas following reports that Gigi Hadid was not serious about their short-lived romance. While he and the supermodel, age 27, were reportedly still dating in late November, the 48-year-old actor appeared to have moved on with Lamas's daughter. This is Lorenzo Lamas's daughter. Hello. Okay, on Friday, the Oscar winner kept a low profile. Why is he wearing a mask? But that's neither here nor there. I guess he's trying to wear a disguise. And uh, as they left that West Hollywood club, I think L.A. restored the mask mandate. So that might be where he's wearing a mask. OK, it comes off after Leo ended his four year relationship with Camila Moreno, Morono, age 25. All right. So 25 is the cutoff, although he did give Gigi Adid a little bit of a a reprieve here. But there's Leonardo at the junior college. Look at him. That's how I'll be walking around the junior college. That's how I look right there. Yeah, man, you know, I'm going to have to be out there creeping. And there's that flat back to Kaylee. Hello. And I know I've been telling you guys a long time, man, the wealthy people, they ain't going for all that slim thick shit, although she is somewhat thick around the thighs. All right. What sells on the marketplace for high value men? You got to be in shape in one way or another. All right. Okay? You can't be just a donut away from obesity. You can't be a donut away from diabetes. And most of these people who are overwhelmingly thick is a donut away from diabetes. They're a donut away from high cholesterol. You know what I mean? You like got to be, you got to be presenting all the time, the picture of health and whatnot. But so shout out to Leo. Oh, let me see that back. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. That flat back is there. That flat back is there. You know what I mean? Like under there, there ain't nothing around now and around there. The pancakes, pancakes. All right, there you go, boy. She looks like a little piece of calico. Wow. Look at that little piece of calico. Yeah. Okay. All right, there she is right there. She done leveled up, leveled up, leveled up. Look at her. She happy. She looked like she about to go get some barbecue. There's barbecue in there. She like she looked like she about to duck sick for a stack. They went to go create some art. Look at him. <laughs> that pivot. Oh, that pivot out there. Oh, ooh, flat backs out. Flat backs out. It's barbecue in there. 
Where the flatbacks out? <laughs> I got money. Pancakes. We having pancakes for breakfast. 23-year-old. Uh-oh. Oh, she trying to poke that little thing out. Look, she trying to poke it out. <laughs> she trying to poke it out. Hey, good girl. Good girl. Yeah, nice try. Now it's nice try. Look at her. She looking kind of like, you know, man, I look with this picture. She looked kind of, you know, mid. She's very mid in this picture. But uh, it is what it is. Look, mid. Oh, man. But look, even even when we call her mid, she's still on the high value uh, radar. Well, she only got a couple more years. She only got a couple more. <laughs> she got a couple more years and she going to get replaced. OK, uh, I didn't mean to share that screen. We're going to go over to fighting a prenuptial agreement. Fighting a prenuptial agreement. We're going to go to the story. I shared the story about um, Valerie Bertinelli, the old um, actress from One Day at a Time for you Generation Xers and Baby Boomers. She was the teenage. She played a teenage girl on One Day at a Time, and she was a sex symbol. She was a sex symbol. She was the show other than the guy, the, the handyman that lived downstairs, Snyder. But um, anyway, she's in her 50s. She got divorced and she actually had a prenuptial agreement with her husband because he he was worth less money. Now, this was her second or third divorce and she still paid him off. She still paid him off. And this is the reason why he she paid him off. And the fact was the man, the gentleman in this situation was going to challenge the prenuptial agreement. As I said, is always available on the table. Um, do the, do people always challenge prenups? Not necessarily, not necessarily. And this is the value of the prenup. This is my argument about prenups. I'm not one to say prenups are worthless. I'm not going to go that far. They can be of value. For instance, if you're fighting over millions and you have a prenup and you're willing to lose $10,000 in court to fight the prenup, then you're, it's better than losing half a half of whatever you're worth. So you're worth 2 million. You can lose 1 million, but you Spend 10000 against a contested prenup uh, fight hearing. Okay, that was worth it. It was worth it. And many times that's what will happen. And this is why attorneys will say the prenup is good. It's a good safeguard because, yes, you lost $10,000, but you could have lost a million. In this case, it still proves that And for people that say men should get a prenup, we're talking about men who are in the lower value scale. Like you make less than $100,000. Okay. And you're fighting over assets might be $50,000 worth of assets and a house and a car and all of this stuff. Now, those men cannot afford, they cannot afford to fight and spend eight to $10,000 fighting over a contested prenup because you're fighting over it first. And then if you lose, then the other things are on the line. But if you win, that $10,000 might be worth it. See, these are all the arguments I talk about. A prenup can be contested. Any prenup can be contested. So if you get one, you shouldn't believe that it's going to scare the other person away from contesting it. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying not to get one. I'm not saying it's worthless. Don't attempt it. What I'm saying is when you get one, you do need to be prepared that you might have to fight it if she contests it. That's my argument on prenups. Let's go ahead and show you the video and back up what I'm talking about, and this is a this is a divorce lawyer who's been all over TikTok and Instagram, but shout out to her for sharing the, the knowledge, and let's go. 
Mary Bertinelli just got divorced from her husband. She had a prenup in place, but her husband still tried to get money from her. Here's what happened. He sued for alimony. He sued for property, even though they had what should have been a rock solid prenup. So after 10 years of marriage, they ultimately settled and she had to pay him $2.2 million. But she did the right thing by ending it and walking away. She just didn't want to fight anymore. She's a lover, not a fighter. Okay, so do you hear this? This is a divorce attorney. Shout out to her. She basically saying she did the right thing. She just gave up the ass. Okay, look, right? She was like, she just walked away instead of fighting it. So you have a spouse that sees the prenup and says, forget it. I'm still suing for alimony and child support. So the prenup was there and she could have contested it. It would have been years of fighting. And Valerie Bertinelli said, I don't want to fight. So she just threw the prenup out of the door and still settled Settled, which you guys have to understand in law, and I'm not a lawyer. You have to understand in law, when you get sued, many times, most people settle, all right? But, you know, you might have to deal with the whole thing, build up case, gather evidence. And then at some particular point, you'd be like, I just wish this to go away. I'll pay it to go away. I'll settle. Okay, and this is what Val Valerie Bertinelli did. She just settled and just said, my peace of mind is worth more than this money. My peace of mind is worth more than fighting and proving my point. Not many people will do that. And in essence, you give up, you give up the crack and the other person wins. They get what they want. This is what's available to the law. And I want, which the, you know, if, if we ever do debate some of the lawyers that do say always get a prenup, we need to put this point in there and they're going to admit it. I actually heard the lead attorney actually admit the fact that, um, that that yes it can be challenged and he also stands on the point that says it's worth having it it's worth having it and and having it challenged and winning but what if you have it challenged and lose let me say this again what if you have it challenged and lose or what if you have it challenged and you settle and you lose that's the point that's the question i have to ask what if you have it challenged and you lose well, it was almost like it didn't exist anyway. Or um, Dr. Dre was an example. She challenged it, challenged it, challenged it, and the court upheld her challenge. She basically said, yes, it's valid. Now let's fight from here. That's absolutely, I mean, that, that's, that would make me sick. That would make me sick to my stomach if that happened because you're like, wow, what is this? Or they say there's women that coach women on how to uh, act like they're under duress when they signed it. Anyway, wow. Let's go to the super chats and then we'll get into um, custody exchanges and why women tend to be very toxic in custody changes and exchanges. And then men end up looking like the bad guy. We're going to show you video that we got video evidence and proof. And we were going to follow that up because we talked about Kim Kardashian yesterday being very toxic with Kanye and then blaming him in the end. And who do we got here? Sheldon Ross. I hope Leo writes a book on how he used game to get all of these models. <laughs> he says, there's got to be, that's got to be the only way he's able to do this. He's, he's been able to run game, run game. Running game is important, guys. <laughs> Especially if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, you know what I mean? Game goes a long way. It can't be his money. It can't be his money. I got money. It can't be that. It can't be his status. No, 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 no. Can't be that. Henry Resilient, child support broke Tyrese's prenup 10K a month in child support. Child support broke to every... Oh, by the way, yeah, that's another thing about child support um, and prenups. 
you can include child support and prenups. And I don't think people know about this. Okay. People think um, you could just put the prenup in there and then talk about custody and child support. Child support is not a part of a prenuptial agreement. Do you guys know this? There's four ways. There's four calculations that happen when you split in a marriage and they're all separate. And there's all most of the time there's different formulas used in each. What are they? Number one, child support. If you have kids and you divorce, child support is one calculation. It's mostly, and it depends on your municipality, mostly based on your gross income, whoever the primary breadwinner is. Sometimes at 50-50 custody, you can still pay child support in some states. Look up your state. I tell you to do your own due diligence. Child support is one. Alimony or maintenance is separate. That's a separate calculation. That's a separate procedure. It's a separate hearing. It's a separate trial. Most of the time, people will do custody first, then do the economics. So you will do custody, then set child support to the side to establish the rest of the stuff. But that being said, you cannot put prenup. You can not put child support in prenup. So people are like, I got a prenup. But if you have children, it don't matter. They're just going to tack. They're going to tack what she might lose in alimony and tack it on the child support. So your child support number will be way high. And that's basically to uh, adjust for the lack of alimony that she might get. Guys, <laughs> you cannot include child support in a prenup. That's separate. Why? Because that is the child's money. The mom is not supposed to be negotiating on the child's behalf. So you're giving the child the money. And you can't include child money in a prenup. That's number one. Number two, separate calculation is alimony. Third calculation, division of property. Division of marital assets and property. That's a whole different calculation from alimony and child support. Okay. And there's a fourth one. The fourth one is, um, there's, a, there's a fourth one that I'm just slipping my mind. But um, you can in many prenups. To include division of assets and you can include alimony and spousal support and some states just outright don't have it. Then when you talk about all these other things, you know, you know, what I mean, like other uh, particular things like pensions and all of that stuff that might be somewhat different than the community property. Right. So if you do have attain attain these things, retirement pensions and all of these things, those things could be busted up. And if you do have trusts, LLCs, they're poking holes in LLCs, too. Um, and they're poking in and busting up trusts if you think you're going to be as smart as to do that. Oh, another calculation is business, business, debt. Those things are all divided up all differently, and there's different rules to all of these things here. I don't know if you can put those things in a prenup, and that's where we could have a great debate. We can bring on one of our red pill lawyers to have this conversation. But let's just say this. You cannot, on behalf of your children, Put anything in there in the prenup. And many times, if they know there's a prenup, many of these corrupt judges will say, okay, this person has a prenup. There's no alimony. There's very little alimony, but the child support will be so excessively high as to adjust for the no alimony. It's just additional alimony. And there were some cases that I just talked about where that's it. Okay, so that's where they get you and stick you on the prenup. Yeah, you don't no alimony to her, but you're going to pay a hell of a lot in child support. Okay, anyway. Mm. Anyway, one reason they do this, somebody says, correct, correct, retirement is different. Yeah, retirement is different. It's not in the community property 
per se, depends on your jurisdiction, know about jurisdiction. Community property, retirement, pensions, that's all separate. And many times. Anyway. <laughs> all right, man. Oh, I see somebody in the building. Shout out to you, my brother, my son. All right. Uh, where are we at here? Jay Nike. Appreciate you, brother, in the building. So I said unreal. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It's unreal. All right. Uh, we're going to call you Jay Nike in the building. Appreciate you for being here. We'll give you a Dan Co sponsorship at this point. DG Seymour, shout out to you. DG Seymour, shout out to you. J.H. Shabazz says, can you get a prenup that's videotaped and signed? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Somebody said you can't win. You can't win. You can do whatever you want. And I would do, I would say also, also, um, when it comes to that, make sure if you do the pre, people do the prenup wrong. And I see people celebrating doing the prenup all wrong, where you're going to get set up. And an example of that, is the guy who is um, uh, Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson that was going to marry that woman, and then all on the wedding day, he asked if she signed a prenup. She said no, and the church reverend and everybody said, no, you can't do this now. Don't leave her here now, and he walked away, and everybody gave him kudos. Guys, it wouldn't have mattered. He could have walked that. She could have signed that paper that day and still fought that prenup. And that's what she doesn't understand. She could have signed it off on that wedding day in her wedding gown with her veil over her head. Okay, whatever you want, Stephen. She could have signed it right there. She could have had a video. She has the person videoing it. She could have had her lawyer. She could have had the pre the, the whole damn um church service right there. She could have signed it in front of all of her guests, and she still would have won. She still would have won. No, it was, Steve, it was Steven Jackson. She still would have got that prenup pop right in court. On the divorce, because she was signing, she was signing it under duress. So that prenup was worthless. That prenup was absolute garbage. That was that prenup was toilet paper at that point. She signed it under duress, meaning she was going to lose all of the money invested in the wedding. She was going to lose all of her. She all of her guests flew in. She would have had embarrassment. She only signed it just to walk him down the aisle. That would have been, yep, under force. I mean, he might as well just brought a firearm and pointed it to her temple because that's essentially what he did. So everybody was like, good, he walked away. No, she could have signed the prenup and it would have been garbage. <laughs> so anyway, don't don't wait. And as a matter of fact, I again, the attorney's lead attorney and our brother Jonathan C. Noble are going crazy listening to me right now, giving you advice. It should be like, only listen to me. Jonathan C. Noble is going crazy right now. Listening to me. Why is he giving legal advice? By the way, I'm not giving legal advice. Lead attorney going nuts right now, jumping up and down in his blue suit. Shout out to lead. I'm not dissing you. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You could probably ask these men, and I want you to ask them. You probably should do this well in advance of a year. I mean, before you even plan the wedding, you should have the prenup signed. I'm going to say this again, Moose Locks. Before you even plan the details of the wedding, before you pop the question, you should have the ring and the prenup in, in separate hands. That's how, that's how soon you should have the prenup. You should not pop, pop the question, put the ring on her finger, and then months down the line, 
ask for a prenup. No. That's how you get ran over. Before you even pop the question, let them, most locks, let her know that there's going to be a prenup. Negotiate this shit up front. More often than not, once you do this, she will not show up to that wedding. She will not even say yes to the question. 90% of women will run soon as you hear prenup. Soon as they hear prenup, they ain't going to care about what the size of the engagement ring is. They're gone. And thus, the conversation is not to be had. Somebody says it's still under duress in that condition. So, uh, Lizette, thank you, Lizette. Lizette's been here for a while. She's very active in the comment section. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You want them to run, number one. But Lizette is also giving y'all game. And don't block her, please. Lizette, I believe that's a woman. She's giving y'all game. Even Lizette saying, I would still consider that under duress. Mm. What? Yo. So you better listen up to what these women believe in what they say and don't take it lightly. She still might say it's under duress. Wow. So anyway, shout out to Macaroni Tony says, I don't know how you do it, but every stream you say some new catchy shit. He says, do it, honey, do it, do it, honey, do it, do it. He says, it's going to be in my head rent free all 2023. All right. And this is why people are comedians are coming over here. Taking my shit. Yo, man, put me on, comedians. Put me on. Put me on. Put me on your tour. Let me open up your show. Let me open up your show. They probably been in my DMs the whole time, man. I don't even check. Do it. Do it. Put me on your show. Do it. <laughs> we got uh, two more. Two more. Deadly Edley says, FTX founder prayed for my downfall and stuck me for my crypto, but I bounced back. By the way, you got an affiliate program. Nope. Nope, I don't have no affiliate programs, all right? All of my programs, everything that I sell under my comment section, I get a way better chunk than some affiliates. I got to sell 10,000 ladders to get 126 bucks. Not even that, $1.60. All right, Kaylin says, what's up, coach? I have to admit, I once questioned women who are in our space, but I have to commend Pearly for her work here. Interview with Andrew Tate got age restricted because the Matrix just hates him. It's fascinating how um, it's fascinating to me how BR can still get views, but not take interesting. Yeah, I don't get it either. I wish they would put her out to pasture. But um, I see Pearly definitely got demonetized. She got a video demonetized and she losing her mind. I'm sitting over here like <laughs> shout out to Pearly. And we did a we did a collab. I appreciate her doing at least coming to me and doing a collab. She makes great efforts. This is why I did it. I was like, hey, she said she was coming to me. We're going to do a collab. But Pearly got the little yellow dollar sign of death. And she's like, the sky is falling. I'm like, I'm looking at her like this. <laughs> hey, Pearly, this is, and Pearly knows my plight. She actually shared, um, so she knows what I'm talking about. And it's a great fear of hers. But Pearly, I'm looking at Pearly like this. <laughs> Pearly's like, wait a minute. They gave me the yellow dollar, dollar sign. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> All of my, dude, before I got fully demonetized, all of my videos had the yellow dollar sign. All of them. All. The entire time I was doing YouTube. I only had green dollar signs the first six months I was doing YouTube. The first six months. I'm like, what? And now I have no dollar signs on my videos. Zero. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like one 
yellow dollar sign. I'm looking at you like, what? I ain't never had green dollar signs. I mean, not, not never. The first six months I did YouTube, I had green dollar signs. The rest of YouTube, and I've been here for four years, they were all yellow until they were no more. Yes, indeed. You know what I mean? New, 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 new world order. <laughs> I'm on here working for free many times. This is why we have you guys contribute to today's show to keep this message going. Okay, anyway, let's get back to the show. Shout out to Pearly. I saw her having a meltdown. They demonetized me. I'm like, that's not demonetized, actually. That's just they restricted. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll show you demonetized. You want to see my background screen? All right, let's see here. Uh, women behaving badly during custody exchanges. Guys, fathers, this is important. Uh, guys who are pre-fathers, men who want to be fathers. Um, here's the deal. Most times, and I shared this with Kim Kardashian yesterday, Many times with Kim Kardashian, women like that think they're superheroes and that they get to have the authority of the child. This is something that probably biologically happens to women in which they think their role is more important than the father. And it is more important than the father until the kid becomes a jerk or a thug or a criminal. And then they can say the father wasn't there. Therefore, the child became, you know, useless. The child became a loser. So then we start hearing the importance of the child importance of the father but during co-parenting which is a scam okay it's a scam it's a deadly scam don't believe in co-parenting it's a myth all right if you want to know my opinions on co-parenting go to yesterday's shows it is a myth it is not it is not better than the alternatives it is actually a loser position that you put children in for your own selfish needs but let's go to this um here it is right here this is a woman here that is going to play the superhero to the child and a father right here. Uh, typically of fathers, what they'll do is they know that they know the things that women are going to do during custody exchanges. So what they try to do is they'll buy their kid an iPod or a phone or an iPad as a means to communicate with the kid when the kid is with the mother. But what the mother will do is the mother will hide the iPad. The mother will let the battery die on the iPad. The mother won't even give the iPad or iPhone to the kid. Or they'll say the kid doesn't need an iPhone. The kid's too young. And so that limits conversations with the father. Then during custody exchanges, the mother will make the custody exchange complicated. And she'll use passive aggressive techniques to make herself look like the victim. And you look like the aggressor. So here it is right here. This guy is going to try to get the exchange of the daughter. They had a predetermined date in exchange. The mother doesn't want to give up custody. And so she will go above and beyond to do passive aggressive attacks to make the father look like the aggressive aggressor. And she's going to look like the victim. And she's not complying with the custody order. She's not complying with the custody order. And she's also alienating the father by not allowing the child to get communication with the father when the when the kids at her house. That's called alienation. But these things cannot be disputed in family court. Somebody's going to say. Somebody's going to say, why don't you take her to court and let the judge punish her? Well, gentlemen, I have never seen a woman punished for doing stuff like this. It's going to be a waste of your time. It's going to be a waste of a day off. You're going to lose your, you could have been at your job making money. You're going to spend money. You're going to spend uh, uh, an, an emergency hearing and a real hearing trying to take your woman to court and nothing's going to happen. The judge is going to say, don't do that no more. Or what? You're going to lose custody? Mm. 
She's going to have to do something very aggressive to do loose custody. She's just going to say, well, something happened and he's abusing and he spanked my kid. She's going to make some shit up. Okay. Anyway, that was the setup. Let's play the video. It's always ninjas, isn't it? It's always ninjas. It's always the straggling sniggles. Uh, it's always sniggles. So um, here's the woman here. Now, what he's doing is going to be assault. All right. So he's assaulting her. He's blocking her pathway. Guys, don't do this. This is how they win. This is how you get supervised visitations. This is how you get taken to court. Many times all she needs is this video and she takes you to court and you lose. And meanwhile, she's been violating the custody agreement. However, what she's doing is gaslighting him saying, you think I'm doing this on purpose. You think I'm not giving my your daughter the phone that you gave her on purpose. Well, we don't know what you're doing, but it it's clear that you're not giving custody of my kid. It's clear that you're alienating my kid from me, but can I prove it? Not necessarily, and this is what women are good at, and this is why these disputes happen this way. Now, let's go ahead and keep playing it. What are you doing with my daughter, bro? What are you doing? You just said you're leaving. Yes, because the way you're talking to me, bro. I just said to the phone. Okay, so guys, look. First of all, let's get into the conversation about both of these people are doing this in the presence of the child. This is called alienation. This is called abuse. This is, I mean, there's, there's, this is why co-parenting is a scam. Because typically the parents do this in front of the kid and they have no disregard because the emotions are high. They have no regard of what the kid is witnessing. This is what co-parents do. You do this shit in the presence of the child and mothers tend to use the child as a shield. And so the, the mother will use the child as the shield as to you're hurting the child. Look at what you're doing in front of the child. You're embarrassing yourself. You're making yourself look bad in front of the child. They'll use the child as a shield. Okay, so this is classic baby mama terrorism. Look at your daughter. She's crying because of what you're doing. This is classic. Guys, I've experienced all of this. This is classic baby mama terrorism. Now, you're going to look like the bad guy in this situation, especially if you're blocking her pathway and you're touching her you're an idiot, guys. Do not do this. This is gaslighting to the nth degree. And because she's not yelling and he's yelling, he's being aggressive. Well, according to her, he's yelling. And she's going to say, you're yelling at me. You're, you're scaring me. You're scaring the kid. They're going to use all of this shit. This is classic baby mama terrorism. Guys, look. Let's go ahead and play the video. All right, so uh, what appears to be also happening is, and this is the baby mama terrorism as well, the guy is under supervised visitations, unfortunately. And he's under supervised visitations. He's about to get no custody. He's she's about to get full custody now. But but she's some she's for some reason the supervisor. Like she feels like, let me go full screen. Let me go full screen. In this clip, she feels like she's the arbiter of time to the child, to the child's father. 
I get to tell you how you spend with the child. I get to watch you. I get to distribute the time. You have to ask me. This is another classic baby mama terrorist. You have to ask me. No, I don't. I don't have to ask you for shit. You have to ask me to talk to your kids. You have to ask me to take them across the street. You have to ask me to play dominoes with them. You have to ask me to take them Chuck E. Cheese. You have to ask me. No, I don't. I don't have to ask you shit. I could tell you what I'm doing. I could tell you what I'm doing, but I have to ask you shit. I don't have to ask you for time for my kid. But this is bass classic baby mama terrorism. You have to ask me. And so they're at a supervised visitation. And because she doesn't like how the visitation is going, she's going to take the kid away. She's like, okay, you can't. I'm, I don't like how this visitation is going. I'm taking the kid. Guys, this is terrorism. <laughs> it's crazy. But they think they have the legal ability to do so. Also, they are violating the parent contract, but they don't get punished for stuff like this. They don't get punished for stuff like this. So he says, you don't use acts. You have to ask me. You have to ask me to do this. But what you should do is record these things. Now, the one thing she might do is escalate and call the police. But even the police won't do anything about this. So, but all it is going to do is create a, a, a court record. Let's go ahead and go here. So now what he's going to do is, guys, what I so, don't suggest you do, is he's going to remove the child from the mom's arm. Don't do this. Don't do this. Now he's going to move, remove the child from the mom's arms. This is going to get you to lose custody, guys. So what do you do? People say, what are the solutions? Let's continue playing the video here. I'll tell you the solutions in a minute. I just want the people to know she's going to call the police on her father, yeah. no, on her child's her father. Because Now, look at this, man. Wow, this is sad. This is sad. Look at the mom. Look at what the mom's doing. Look at what the dad's doing. Look at the child. I. This is why I tell you co-parenting is a myth. It doesn't exist. The woman still thinks she has authority over you, even if you have 50-50. She will act like this because when they have 50-50, she's losing in her mind. Look at this. Look at the kid. These are your kids right here. Look at this shit. Tug of war over a damn child. <laughs> this is terrible, bro. Let's go ahead and play it. Her Let father her wants to see her. Leaving. Her father wants to see her. Her name is Alice Delilah Beardson. Look what she's you. putting me through. You see this I girl's skin stop. color? Do you see this girl's skin color? This girl stop. is my daughter, and she's trying to take her from me. Now, the baby mom at this point is in the wrong severely. Now, he was in the wrong in the, originally, but she should take that L, but she ain't taking that L. She should literally just walk away and hold that L. She's being recorded. Is it stopping her? Nope. She's being recorded. Her name's being blasted on the internet. Is this stopping her? Nope. She's still terrorizing. She still believes she owns the child. Let's continue. Me at all costs. Oh, I have wow. done nothing wrong. I pay child support. I do everything I have to do. Stop doing this. So she's calling the police. The Come on, we are. Okay, so what do you do in this situation, gentlemen? What do you do in this situation? Number one, number one, do not get physically involved. Do not confront. Do not be aggressive. Don't feel like you have to plead your case. Have a smile on your face. Laugh it off. Record. Document. If you feel like you got to pry, take the kid away, you're going to end up losing in this case. And I believe, according to this right here, this is right here. This was a mutually agreed upon scheduled date with this guy and his daughter. As of now, his mother has sole custody so he is only granted visitations that is agreed upon for both parties. Seeing that this was scheduled, the gentleman wanted his child's mother to bring the phone that he purchased for his daughter so they could communicate. Surprisingly, the iPhone had barely been used through the communication uh, to them uh, to communicate 
and he barely hears from the daughter. So I've done this as well. The mother will just hide the iPhone or the iPod at the top of the refrigerator, never charge it up. And then thus that goes your communication. That's too easy. It's too easy. Um, and then we'll always say you need to communicate with me to communicate with their child. That's called baby mama terrorism. Okay. That's just baby mama terrorism one-on-one, but in this situation, don't confront physically record document, which he did brilliantly and don't get your emotions high. Allow her to call the police, wait for the police to come record the police, ask the police when they come to, can you record and you can legally record, get their badge number, make sure you get the police documentation after the fact. She will lose custody if, in fact, she does this and you have it documented and you pursue her. She can lose some custody if you have it documented. Now, next thing I want to tell you to do in this situation, if this happens long term, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, somebody said ask. Yes, you're going to make sure you let them know that you're doing this. Yes. Okay. And guys, I've done this. I've recorded. Look, I'm recording you. I want to make sure you know this because if you don't, then they might tell you to stop recording and now you have another problem. Make sure you do it up front. Don't get into your I know my rights. You're going to get your ass roasted. Tell them what you're doing. Don't go in here, I know my rights. Don't do that because you already have a problem. Don't create a second problem by going, I'm going to just put the camera in the cop's face. You're going to look like the asshole. Don't look like the asshole. Okay, come on, man. Don't look like the asshole. Just do it up front, tell them what you're doing and say, look, I'm very here passively. I'm just recording for my own safety. Okay, next thing you're going to do is I want you to look at the child here. <laughs> I want you to look at the child. Let's go ahead and put it up for, for you. Okay, um, here, here's the thing right here. He said, that's how you get jumped by the cops. So now you got a problem with the cops by jumping in front of the cops talking about, I know my rights. I ain't asking you shit. Now you got a problem. Don't go in there like that. You want to go in there like you're just easy breezy cover girl. <laughs> All right. I know the volume's down. I'm just trying to get to this point. Okay. The next thing I want you to notice here is the age of the child. The age of the child. The age of this child, I would say, probably is under seven, under six. I can't really tell, but she looks between the ages of five to eight, five to seven. Gentlemen, this is going to be hard advice for you, but you're going to spend in excess of forty dollars to $100,000 from that point to that child turns 18 fighting this baby mama terrorist. I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to say this again. You're going to spend... Because the way she's acting and the way you want to be involved in your child's life, I want you to think about this. You're going to spend between another forty dollars to $100,000 by the time that kid turns 18 just trying to be in that child's life. And I want you to do the math. Guys, you're going to do this. You're going to be in court every year. This happened to me. I was in court every freaking year over some little bullshit. And they don't move on, guys. You're going to have child support attached to this. You're going to have hearings and this and that. You're going to have this. You want to give them the poke. She wants them to go to therapy. She wants them to go to this school. She wants them to move. She doesn't want them to move. You're going to be fighting that. You're going to pay double and triple the cost of the child. And I want you to know this. This is a fact. You're going to pay double and triple the cost of that child. 
just dealing with this mom over the course of the next 10 years. She's going to want to give him the jab. You're going to say, I don't want to give him the jab. Go on to court. <laughs> Go to court. Now ask yourself that. Do, or do, you want, do you want to pay that? Ask yourself, do you want to pay this? Also, you're going to lose money. Go on to court. You're going to lose money at your job. You're going to be stressed out. You might take five and 10 years off of your life. You might take five and 10 years off of your life sweating this shit. Yes, your kids want to go. She wants to put the kids in therapy and get them all medicated. You're going to say, I don't want them to do that. You go on to court. You're going to court. And she might say, I want them to get shot up and medicated and under therapy, under the control. And what therapists are in this case is she's using the therapist as a referee. All right. That's all that is. The judge is a referee. And then she uses the therapist as a referee. And then what she'll do is she'll put all the information about you. And then you'll come in and you ain't even like there for, for couples. Therapist doesn't work because they tend to side with the mother. Right. Because they're under the, you know, the mother pays the bill. Basically, they bring in the customers. So they use the therapist as a referee. And then whatever you do, they say you're doing it wrong. Whatever she does, oh, good, you're a princess warrior. Um, and in essence, then if you were if you object to the therapy, if you object to it, you look like you're not trying to help the child. Oh, see, the child needs help. And then you say, I don't want them to get help. Guys, that paints you in the corner. You realize what corner that paints you in. Because the mother says there's a problem, the child needs help. Then you say, I don't want to give the child help. You look like the asshole. Guys, this, this game, look. Guys, what you can do at that point is. Take your hands. Take your hands, gentlemen. Wash. Wash. Rinse. It depends. I'm not telling you what to do. Just lather it up like this. Lather that shit up. Wash. Rinse. You're not winning that, guys. Trust me. Or you can lose your hair. You can stress yourself out. You can take money and throw it away. You can take money and throw it out the window. <laughs> but... Guys, this system is rigged, rigged, rigged. At best, you're only going to get 50% custody. At best. And not only that, you already had 50% custody. And you'll continue to fight for that custody along the way. If you have a very toxic baby mom. If you have a toxic baby mom, you're going to be fighting for your 50%. So essentially what you're doing every year is fighting for your 50%. You're defending your championship every year. Every year. She's going to challenge you. Oh, I want full custody of this. Oh, I want full custody of that. Oh, he's doing this. He's doing that. He needs a therapy. Okay, he ain't helping the kid. The kids are wanting to jump off a bridge. Every year is going to be that shit. Oh, I want to give my kid the Pope. And then every year you're going to be defending the belt. <laughs> like you fighting. And then eventually when you say, forget it, I'll lose. I'll lose. I give up. You know what they got for you next? What's next when you say, forget it. I give up. Because I'm not fighting this for 10, 20 years. What do they say then? I'll wait for you guys to catch up. What do they say then? Yep. Now they really got you. They say you a goddamn deadbeat. <laughs> yeah. 
Look at you. He abandoned us. He's a damn deadbeat. See, he don't care about the kids after all. Look at him. He ran. He's a selfish human being, and he a deadbeat-ass daddy. That's what's next. He abandoned us. He left us. He don't care. Guys, dude, I'm telling you, man. Yep, he should have fought for the kid's life. He should have fought harder. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is what you guys have to decide. There's no win. The only win you have in a co-parenting situation, and they're very, very rare. The only win you have is if that woman says, okay, 50-50, so be it, and moves on with her life. That's the only way you win. That's the only way. That That's the only way you win. Or you have excess money. You got a million dollars and you fight your baby mama for full custody. You'll probably win that too. You'll probably win that too. So be careful out here when it comes to these custody exchanges. And trust me, nobody cares. Nobody's going to see it your way. Nobody is. I luckily had a judge who um, my judge at the time, I'm not sure if she's, um, presiding over the case here, but they don't have jurisdiction at the moment. But my judge was very sympathetic towards men in this situation because she actually, and this is allegedly, she actually is the second wife to a man whose woman was a baby mama terrorist. So she knows what baby mama terrorists do. So she doesn't fall for the okie doke, but she also does have to look out for the best interests of the child, meaning uh, the way you get around uh, custody disputes for women is used um, it, it used the child's going to harm themselves or others or the parent is going to harm the child and put them in a dangerous situation, a.k.a. the dad or the father is an abuser or neglects them or the child's going to harm someone else or themselves. Or the third way to do it is domestic or restraining order. So those things judges can't fight against because they got to err on the side of caution. Okay, the kid's gonna harm some other people or harm themselves. Okay, we gotta we gotta make a we gotta make a change. Or the dad's abusive, but we gotta make a change. Or there's a dispute and the mother was assaulted, so there's a restraining order. We gotta do something about that. So guys, yo, be careful. The the, the rare case where the mother says 50-50, okay, I'm gonna move on with my life and travel. And you can dad, you can see the kid whenever you want. That's super rare. That's super rare. It doesn't happen. This is why co-parenting is a myth. It doesn't exist. Most co-parenting situations are exactly what you just saw here. Anyway, and most of the time, the women are the ones behaving badly, but because, I mean, if you look at the height discrepancy, if you walked into the situation, most simps will look at the father as being aggressive. Look at the height discrepancy here. He's much larger than her. She looks like she weighs 105 pounds. He looks like he weighs 220. Nobody's going to look at him as being victimized. That, and all you he's being aggressive towards her. He's yelling. He's he's touching her. Guys, That this right here in the court of public opinion, most simps and most people viewing this will be looking at him as the aggressor. And all he wants is time with this kid. So anyway, I would fold her ass up like a love letter from the second grade myself. But of course, be careful who you penetrate and be careful who you put kids in. Because at the end of the day, if they ain't got shit going on for their lives, guess what their lives turn into you? Uh, guess what their lives turn into? Their life is you. Their life is you. If they ain't got shit else going on, their life is figuring out how to disrupt your shit. Anyway. Um, 
very long conversation there. So I'm going to jump in here with some contributions. Then we're going to get into the last two stories here. 117. Okay, we got plenty of time. Yo. Okay. Simpin ain't easy says my baby mother hit me twice after I told her if she put her hands on me, she will never again hear from me. He says, I'm gone. I'll wait till my kids turn 18. <laughs> Man, that's boy. I tell you. Yeah. Shout out to the deadbeat daddies. Sadly enough, a lot of guys, um, and this is what a lot of guys don't understand. A guy like that, he says, I'll wait till my kids turn 18. Essentially, you miss your childhood. You miss the kid's childhood. A lot of people that are paying child support, they can't wait till their kids turn 18. How effed up is that? How effed up is that? I want you to, I want you to think about this. You're a parent of a child who you want to experience everything that your child is. You want them to have a childhood. Most of their memories about life will be formed and forged during this time. And you can't wait till the kid turns 18 just so you can avoid the baby mama. Number one, you're not avoiding the baby mama when the kid turns 18. You're not. If they got their claws in them and they alienated them enough, you ain't getting them when they're 18 anyway. Most of them are going to be destroyed anyway by that point. Number two, it's sad that I got to wait till my kid turns 18 to enjoy them. But many men, that's the position you're put in. Most of the time when the kid turns 18, they ain't going to want shit to do with you anyway because you've been alienated from them. Right? This is just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Kids should be able to enjoy being a kid. Unfortunately, co-parents can't let their kids enjoy being kids because they're too busy fighting over them. <laughs> it's weird. And we really are undervaluing what a kid is supposed to be in our world today. I showed you the videos of the co-parenting. The kids worried about their custody exchanges on holidays and living out of backpacks. And then a couple people try to come in here and say, toughen up, kid, get over it. No, absolutely not. Because people are so selfish. You got dumbasses procreating. You got selfish ass people. You got women filing for divorces, 70 to 80% clip. You got them breaking up house and home so they can go pursue some mythical career. And then all of a sudden, we don't care about what the position we put our kids in. Not only that, we can't even enjoy them when they're kids. We can't even enjoy them when they're kids. You always got somebody interfering with your parentage. Now, this is a daily operation in our country. We do this, and then we act like the kids are supposed to come out with their mind on right and their head on straight. You know what I mean? Like, it's absolutely reprehensible. It's horrible what we're doing to people. It's horrible what we're doing to people. And trust me, people aren't winning. Go look at the data. How many people are not happy with life? How many people are on mental head meds? How many people are depressed, anxious, or stressed? How many kids are actually, I wanted to say this. How many kids are actually winning in life right now? How many kids are moving back with their parents after the age of 26? How many kids are failing to launch? How many kids are doing a goddamn thing in here? You don't see the damage we're doing? Nope, nobody can see it because you don't see it in real time. I, I know you're not as smart as me. Nobody can see it in real time. I see what we're doing, and we're not doing anything great. We're actually doing it. We're actually doing it all wrong. And to make yourself feel better, you'll make up things like, oh, I'm co-parenting. No. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're actually being a terrorist. That's what you're doing. You're actually abusing and alienating kids from parents. You're creating losers. How many people do this? 
How many people do this? Instead of giving custody over to a other parent, they hide the kids in babysitters, sports leagues, after school daycare. How many people do that? How are you calling that co-parenting? They'll go on vacation and put the kids with their other relatives instead of with the father. How is that co-parenting? What the person will says is, well, it's my custody time. I can decide what to do with my kid. So you decide to not put the kid with the father, but you're not with the kid. You'll put the kid with all kind of other people instead of the father. That is not co-parenting. That is parental alienation. That's called abuse. <laughs> That's not. Stop fooling yourself. Stop fooling yourself out here. America, y'all can try to fool other people, but you can't fool me. When you want to go shake your ass at the nightclub and you out for the weekend getting piped down in Jamaica, you put the kids, not with the father, somewhere somewhere else. And then you tell the babysitter, don't tell the father that the kid's been over here. Shh. This is this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. But anyway, y'all don't want to hear none of this. Let's get to these super chats. Y'all don't want to hear me because I'm preaching to you guys and I'm actually uh, what they call convicting you guys. You feel convicted because most of you guys put up with this or most of you guys are doing this to the other parent. And trust me, we can say the woman is the problem in this whole thing, but men... We're somewhat problematic in this as well, but I won't say just as much. I think the women get away with this way more. Get away with murder. They're getting away with murder. Anyway. And then your kid term comes back, 26, then they want a relationship with you. After they done fumbled their whole life and the mom did what? No plan for them. Let them fumble their lives. Now you have to basically pour shit on I'm sorry, pour syrup on shit and call it pancakes. All right, kid, I'm with you now. All right, what do we do now? Okay, you're 26, but you have the capacity of a 14-year-old. Let's see if we can make some shit out of this. <laughs> Let's see if I can salvage this bullshit. Like, what? That's our only recourse? Oh, let me just wait until you finally see the light. No. Take your hands. <laughs> yeah, you try to put lipstick on a pig. All right, look, take your hands, lather that shit up, and wash. Take your ass on. And best thing you can do, move to another state. Move to another state. All right, make them find you. Make them find you. And then establish jurisdiction and go from there. All right, make them spend money to find your ass. Yeah, get the private investigators on the job. Or, as one of my attorneys told me, you can spend $40,000 to fight this. One of my attorneys told me this. I called him on the phone. I was like, this is the problem I have. My attorney said, listen. <laughs> yeah, and then move again. Absolutely, then move again. Hey, check this out. My attorney told me this. I said, man, I got a problem. My attorney said, well, you can spend $40,000 fighting this or you can pay child support. And I said, <laughs> oh boy. I was like, well, yeah, that would have been, your rent's 
you, motherfucker. Anyway, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. All right. Simping ain't easy, says my baby mama hit me twice. After I told her if she puts her hands on me, she will never hear from me again. I'm gone. I'll wait till my kid turns 18. 18. Shout out to you. Pete Rose says, I took my baby mama to court a year ago. I had six months of police reports and text messages proving she alienating me from my kid. The judge did absolutely nothing, decided to walk away, and now I'm the bad guy. Oh, boy. You can't win. Dude, there's no win if, you're, if your other parent is, is a terrorist or toxic. There's no winning. You can take them all. You can have all the evidence you want. They, let me just tell you something about family court. Um, they really don't, can't do anything to you other than take custody. That's their only, that's their only piece that they have against you. If it wasn't for custody, family court would mean nothing. <laughs> it would just mean divide up the assets. You wouldn't even have to show up. The only pawn that they have is those kids. Now they can't throw you in jail. The only time they can throw you in jail in the family court is uh, for contempt of court related mostly to child support arrears. But if you go in the family court, never be scared that the judge is going to come down on you and just throw you in jail. They, they don't do that. It's very rare. It's nothing to fear, especially if somebody just taking you in and some bullshit. They're not going to do that. The only thing they do is just push them kids. Oh, you want to see your kids, right? You want to see your kids? No. Now, once you relieve yourself of that and you say, fuck that shit, they don't have no power over you then. The only power then is that they can level some child support. And you'd be like, I'll just pay the bullshit off. Now, at that point, the mom then can say, you're the deadbeat. At that point, the child, the mom can then play the whole deadbeat card, which is a choice, is which was a choice she made. She wanted more custody. She wanted to restrict you from access. And then she can then flip it and go to the court of public opinion and say, well, now you're the deadbeat since you don't help. I'd rather do that. <laughs> I'd rather do that than the fight. Okay, I'm the deadbeat. I'm, I'm the deadbeat then. <laughs> Forget it. Yep, you're the one. Now, you bet them kids better turn out good or I'm going to be roasting your ass for the next 40 years. So anyway, that's the power that moms do. Toxic moms do yield over you. Okay, MC Hamster says, Coach, we know you broke. Shout out to the private investigator. Man, dude, COVID has been hard on me. I lost my job during COVID. I lost my business during COVID. I lost my job at Google. I lost my job at Google. They demonetized me. Damn, man, I ain't been able to make no money out here. Speaking my mind says, wash your hands. Guys, uh, angry man once said, you can make another one just like the other one. The beautiful thing about men is that we can make a kid that looks just like that other kid. And T minus no time flat, less than a year. So if you do want to go ahead and roll the dice and have another kid, I wouldn't suggest you do that. You want to live the free agent lifestyle, but you can make kids again. You can make kids until you 70 years old if you want to. All right. And ancient man says main reason I don't have children is because I watched this with my father and my sister's mother drag my father while paying $650 a month for 24 years. That's a no for me, dog. And that's what people don't understand here is that children see this. And then you wonder why children don't want to get married when they become grownups. 
We are in the third or fourth generation of toxic divorce in our country. And then you wonder why young men don't want to get married because they seen their grandfather, their dad, their brothers, their cousins, their nephews, their homeboys all go through this. And then women are like, but I won't do it. Domain stick them. This example is why I took the L. It was a difficult decision, but I decided to wash my hands. I'm a good man, but will forever be labeled a deadbeat. There's no getting around the deadbeat label, guys. So um, I want everybody to embrace it. Say right now. Say right now. Say it with me. I don't care if you have 50% custody of your kids because, in essence, you're missing out on part of their childhood. I want you to say it with me. And the first stage of admitting that you have a problem is admittance. The first stage is always getting over denial. I want you to say it with me. I am a deadbeat. Say it with me again. I am a deadbeat. Yes, I am a deadbeat. Embrace that shit. Put your shirt on. Go, go, go to Mr. Palmer's clothing line. I am a deadbeat. And by the way, I'm a high-value deadbeat. That's what I am. And that's what you'll be labeled as. There's no getting around this. The only way you get around it is you be walking on eggshells around your damn baby mama terrorist. Basically, you negotiate with terrorists. That's the only way around it. That's the only way around it. The second way around it is to basically tuck your salami between your legs and stay in marriages that are unhealthy. And your kids will, your kids will see you as a, a, a guy that's getting walked over by a, a woman. Because eventually you're going to get handpicked. This is what your kids are going to see you as. And I'll show this video here, clip. Where's the clip? This is what, listen to the daughter, how she talks to the father. And the father probably only stayed in the marriage for the kids. I want you to listen to the dynamic here. Dad, what are you doing? Playing the ring game that he made, which is okay with me, because he could definitely be fucking bitches right now. And he's playing a ring game in the kitchen. Leave my man. So this guy, he done given up on his whole life. He done given up on his aspirations, his dreams. He just basically a cash cow to that cow that's sitting on the couch. And his own daughter is like, what the hell, dad? What is wrong with you? And forever then your kids will see you as a loser. That's what you look like when you negotiate with terrorists. That's what you look like when you totally give up. That's what a deadbeat looks like. Not you guys, but we're deadbeats. We're deadbeats. Hey, we got some more super chats. Um, AJT says, this example shows that the best offense is defense. Happy to learn this at 23. Take me out with the yabish. 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 Yeah, man, the best offense is defense. Guys, you can't, um, you can't, uh, you can't assume that being offensive in this situation is going to work. Bob says, but they say surrogacy is not the answer. <laughs> exactly. Oh, surrogacy. No way. Don't do this. With surrogacy, you actually eliminate this idea of the, the, the baby mama terrorist. And then somebody's going to say, but that's not a natural setting to bring up children. Guys, only 17%, 17.5% of households are uh, married couples with children. So we're doing everything but natural in our country. Only 17.5% of American households are married people with children. The rest of the households are some other shit. Co-parents, single mothers, single fathers, reading rainbow, reading rainbow with children. Come on, bro. Single people, never getting married people, losers, incels, virgins, old women with dogs. What do you mean natural? We're doing everything but natural 17 17.5% 17. 
17.5, only 17%. I know there's a lot of new people here because I've already covered this, but I'll show you because this show is going off the rails already. Um, Here it is right here. I'll show you as evidence. That's what I do here on this show when I say shit like this. So you go go over to right here. Uh, There it is right there. U.S. married couples, households with children fall to a record low. Right there. Share, share of 130 million households with parents, kids, 17.8%. 17.8. Now, do you know what it was in 1970? Put what it was in 1970. Yeah. Put what that was. So you people like, well, what was it before? Put what it was in 1970. Give yourself an educated guess. What was the number of U.S. married couples households with children in 1970? It was uh, 40%. 40%. 40%. And probably earlier than that, it was somewhere around 60%. 40%. We've gone down to less than 20%. And somebody's like, well, it's natural to bring up kids in a two-parent household. It's actually not in current times, it is not natural. You'll have probably more reading rainbow couples with children than two-parent households at this particular point. Okay. Somebody says, does that mean marriage isn't natural? I, look, I know people are asking these questions here. You're not marrying as you, this is the whole conversation I had with feast. There's no more God in marriage. You're marrying the state. And this is when the state gets involved, they create conflict. So, guys, I know, look, marriage is natural. Raising two kids naturally is the answer. But this is America. We're not doing things under the Lord. We're not doing things following God. We're not doing things. We're doing things with the devil. We're dancing with the devil. The numbers reflected. You can be mad at me all you want. By the way, most civilizations have didn't raise kids and stay married. I'm just letting you know that, too. That's a, this is a longer, complex conversation. Many civilizations didn't do this. Okay, we have kids. The kids go off um, when they're 18. We stay together for 40 years. This is somewhat this is somewhat new stuff, and we live longer lives, so we continue to think we're going to do this, and it's successful. Most of the times when the kids left, the couple was done. Most of the time the kids turned seven or eight, the couple was done. The man moved on, and he moved on into another place, creating more families because we're not monogamous. But this conversation is going way too hard. It's going way too hard. I don't want to talk about all of this stuff, but this is where we are. Men want to have children, but this is what you're up against. It's going to be a long ass show. Josh Moon says, I'm going through this right now, coach, preparing to throw $511 out of the window to be in my kid's life, run from the community. And look, it's just not the community. It's just not the community. Trust me, this is happening in suburbs. This is happening all over the country, unfortunately. But the community, this is way more common. You know, 17.5% of American households are two parents with children. What is it in the black community? I guarantee you it's below 10%, maybe somewhere around 5% in the black community. And if you live in the South, don't come at me. Okay, don't at me in the South. The South does not represent the rest of America. Okay, I keep telling Southern brothers that. 
we talking about nationwide. People in the South, y'all think black people just everywhere because you go out, you're somewhere in Atlanta and you're somewhere in Birmingham or somewhere in South Carolina. And yeah, you see 60% black people. That is not accurate representation of America. <laughs> All right. And then you're like, everybody in my neighborhood in Jackson, Mississippi is married with children. Yeah, that's in Jackson, Mississippi. That does not reflect the demographics of the rest of the country. When we take ourselves from the South, you see not that many black folks in the rest of the country. And hence, let's do the math then. Let's do the math then. Go to black neighborhoods in Midwest, in the Atlantic, in the Atlantic coast, in the Northeast, in the West Coast. Then look at black people then, and then look at the calculation. Houston and Memphis does not represent the demographics of the rest of the country. It doesn't. So anyway, <laughs> Southern people, y'all got to literally get out of your heads with what black culture is. Because outside of the South, <laughs> it's not that. You don't see 60% black people running around unless you're somewhere in Southside Chicago. Then the rest of Chicago is anything but that. Back in here, Henry Resilient. Did I get you? Shout out to Joshua Moon. He's going to spend more money to get his, keep his parental rights. All right, marriage causes divorce. Father alienation. Mother never gets alienated. So, yeah, we talk about that. Um, it's not exactly true, but I know what you mean. Uh, most of the alienation comes from the mother, and then it's inflicted onto the child, and then the father is the victim. And uh, there are there are times where the father does participate in parental alienation as well. And I will say many of it, and I'm not trying to push the blame off. Women are like, damn, can we get something? Most of the time it's in response to the toxic bullshit the mother is pulling. I'll say it again. This is how you can just do the, the, the statistics back this up. Many times when the father does alienation against the mother, it is usually in response to what the mother is pulling in behind the scenes, meaning they're going to the school talking shit. They're interfering with custody exchanges. They're doing the whole, I'm going to hide the kids away from you and not give you right or first refusal. They're having, uh, they're having litigation in court. And then the, the dad lashes out to try to prove his case with the children, which is a mistake. It's a mistake that I've made. So what will happen is he's frustrated having to go to court and deal with lawyers and people serving him, private investigators. And then what he'll do is he'll be frustrated. The mother's not there. He'll lash out at the children and then put that on them. The kids just want to be kids. The kids are like, what is it? I don't mind. I love both of you guys. They don't want to, they don't want to be involved in the process. So that's then how the father participates in alienation against the mother. But it's usually in response to her throwing rocks and hiding hands, meaning she's trying to be passive aggressive against you. Guys, I want you to say this phrase, passive aggressive, passive aggressive. Learn what that means because most people think that an abuser is aggressive only. I'm giving you guys game here. Most people believe that the, the abuser is always aggressive but an abuser can also be passive aggressive, meaning they can be just as lethal by using emotions, gaslighting, the legal system, police officers, plantation politics, child support. That's a passive aggressive way to contribute just as lethal as an aggressor. Yeah. What that mean?
And they then get to sit back and go, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I don't have any blood on my hands. What are you talking about? I'm doing nothing. Passive aggressive is lethal. Because you can be passive aggressive for a long period of years, and it could be just as lethal as somebody just running up and being aggressive and knocking you out. I knock you out one time. I knock you out one time. You felt it just that one time. Now, you guys might be looking for the knockout the next time, but that was just that one time. But passive aggressive can be done by death by a thousand cuts. They could be just doing this shit all the time, keep the thing going, and then you go, what? Yeah, an aggressive act would be pushing, bullying, yelling, screaming. That's an aggressive act. Passive aggressive would be, okay, I got, I'm got. i going to call the cops on you, and I'm going to make up something about you. I can talk to the people at your school. I can influence the coaches. I can do things like move the kids out. I can throw litigation at you. That's passive aggressive. Most people don't acknowledge passive aggressive aggressiveness. What that mean? Yeah. Yeah, they could call you a deadbeat. Uh, they can make posts on social media saying that they're the only, they're the father and the mother. I'm the father and the mother, so I get Father's Day. Passive aggressive is also um, not giving the father first right of a refusal, meaning, okay, I'm going out of town, but my kids are, the kids are going to stay with the family and you're going to share custody with family members. That's passive aggressive. And then I said, what do you mean? They just want to go on vacation with their cousins. They just want to go on vacation with their aunts and uncles. You're interfering with that. Now, you aggressively attack that. No, no, give me my kids. That's that's you're the aggressor. They're going to have the problem with you. They're going to simply be able to point to you and say, see, you are the problem. But they passively, aggressively set up the scenario, which in itself is some sort of violation or abuse. Guys, look out for this stuff. I, I'm, I'm very steeped in knowledge on this stuff, and it's not just me as an example. I know a lot of men that go through this, and some dudes just deal with it. Okay, anyway. Uh, let's see here. Henry Resilient Men put right of first refusal in your per parenting plan to eliminate or reduce other people from watching your kids um, it is in my plan and I get more time. Um, I will tell you, and that's good if you can put right of first refusal in your parenting agreement. Many times judges will not. I know a judge that will not put right of first refusal in the parenting agreement because then it creates more conflict. It creates more conflict. And one person will... Uh, feel like it's working against them. And is in essence, what will happen is let's just say one parent has a flexible schedule and the other one doesn't. The person that has a flexible schedule will get way more custody time as a result of right of first refusal. And the other person will parent will feel hopeless. They, they work a nine to five job. You work at home. You're obviously going to get an advantage custody time. So it goes from 50-50 to now 80-20 just on that because the parent has to drop the kids off. Or let's just say you that situation exists, but you don't want more parenting time. You want to be able to have a little bit of lifestyle and leisure. So right of first refusal can be used against you, meaning you thought you had a week off, but the other parent says, hey, I'm going to put the kids on you as a means to punish you. I have to work. And then they say, well, you got to take the kid because you, it's, we have a right of first refusal. And you're like, well, I need a week off. 
it does induce conflict. So I know judges that won't put it in. But if you anyway. Yeah, my man says that it ain't a competition. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it is a competition. All right, Zeus Martinez, when I walked away, I expected a life of misery until I came across the free agent lifestyle. Appreciate you coaching the coach gang. Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. Uh, marriage causes divorce. It's not the family court. It's the mother's court. W for women. King Uru says, can you use obesity as proof that the mother is harming the child? Also, is there barbecue in there? There's barbecue in there. No, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot. You says, I've never seen that. Maybe there's a lawyer in here that can let me know. I don't think you're going to be able to say that the mother been feeding them uh, dino chicken nuggets and tombstone pizza and macaroni and cheese and use obesity as proof that they're neglecting them. I don't think that could be used. And I haven't seen that used against a father, so I'm, that's why I could say it's not being used. J. Red Strahan says, get married, you will lose your kids. Get married, you will lose your kids. And you don't even have to be divorced to lose your kids. You don't even have to. You can stay married and still lose your kids. I mean, many, I mean, uh, you know, there's examples of many men that seen their husbands be henpecked. I mean, seen their fathers be henpecked. And they their father was a, you know, a muted boomer. Put it up with abuse, put up with gaslighting, and he just stayed silent. So you lost the kid at that point. Henry Resilient, it's only for when she travels for work. So there you go right there. That clears that up. That's the right of first refusal. Enigma WPG, how do you teach your son about the money trap marriages without exposing his mom? This is my dilemma. Respect for your insight, bachelor at 50. One thing you guys got to understand about teaching kids, and all parents will learn this, so that means you'll make mistakes and never be afraid to make mistakes as a parent. All parents make mistakes. One thing you have to understand about teaching children, it is not what you tell them. It is what you show them. It is your actions that teach you. It is when you don't believe they're watching you and they're watching you. For example, I think my son's watching me right now. Shout out to him. <laughs> my son does tune in to the show from time to time. Uh, but um, with that being said, it is not what you say. It is what you do. Okay. So you guys got to be very conscious about being a parent. And all parents will have to learn this as you go and parent. Parents aren't perfect. But what you do is more important than what you say. Right? So always remember that. So sitting down your kids, teaching them. All right, kids, teaching time. They're going to tune you out. Okay, sitting them down for 28 minutes and screaming at them, yelling at them. Asserting your authority over them does absolutely nothing. They tuned you out when you said, sit down. <laughs> All right, they already just, we ain't going to listen to this. We just going to put up with the bullshit here. Here we go. All right, it's the same as uh, if you, you know, you spank a kid. They know how to clench up their booty cheeks. They know how to clench up their thigh and their hamstring so that it doesn't hurt them. Right, so doing that is useless. They know how to twist their body just so when the belt hitting them, <clears throat> And so it becomes pointless to do that action. So anyway. <laughs> so if you yell and scream at kids for long periods of time, you're you're losing the game. So then once a kid becomes 12, 13, 13, you then say, what are my actions doing? That's the teaching. What are my actions doing? So now you want to teach them what to look out for by your actions. 
Did you get remarried to another baby mama terrorist? That's going to teach them right there. God dang. Or did you move on with life and become a free agent? Mm. Dad didn't fumble the bag twice. That is an action step. Kids learn by actions. Always remember this as a parent. Your kids are watching you when you think they're not watching you. And then when you think they watching you, they ain't paying attention to you. That will help you become a parent, especially when your kids become teenagers. I've raised many, many teenagers and uh, uh, young adults between the ages of uh, 12 and, and 25. Many, many hundreds in my time as a coach. I've been around teenagers all my life and young adults all my life. The, they watch you. They're lot and they're watching for you to mess up too, so they can call you out. Oh, look at you. Oh, I saw your monkey ass losing. I saw your monkey ass. See, I seen what you did there. So that's the case. And there, and most times this is a natural progression of their maturity. They want to mature as an adult, and they're watching you making lifelong decisions. So they want to see how you handle things. And they also want to call you out because at some point of your or of your your child's life. They want to believe that they're smarter than you. This is a natural progression into their, their life. And many times they become smarter than you in many aspects of life. And you got to accept that. They're not ready to support themselves. That's a whole nother part of maturity. But many times they become smarter than you or they can handle the situation better. Or by example that you showed, they can probably make a better situation out of it. Or they can probably learn from it. So that's part of teaching. That's all part of teaching. Sitting kids down past the age of 14 and just talking to them. You that's over. It's over, guys. Now it's show. It ain't time to tell. It's show. It ain't time to tell. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Let me go one more and I'm going to get back on with the show. Eli says most people don't understand that according to the Bible, intercourse is marriage. Absolutely correct. And the society is so full of fornicators and an adult and adulterous generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, that is absolutely true. Fornication is, I'm sorry, uh, sex is marriage. So we look at marriage as a legal legal contract and a rite of uh, passage for young people. But the Bible says he knew her. Knowing her is basically a step of marriage. And knowing her means you've been inside of her. You've been with her. That's how they describe what marriage is. But we do these marriages, short-term marriages, and act like we're monogamous. It's actually reprehensible. So let's get in here. And the lukewarm Christians are very, very responsible for this. Uh, we went off on a tangent, but it was valuable information here. This article says, men stop noticing me when I turn 50 years old. Let's see what she did. Let's go to the article. And I'll get to PayPal's and everything. Thank you for the contributions. Uh, let's see here. Here's a woman in her 50s. Sometimes in my 50s, sometime in my 50s, I became invisible to men. Here's what I didn't expect to feel. So this is very common of women today. They're trying to say, no, I still got value. I'm still wanted out here. Uh, yes, you're wanted for fornication in practice. Okay, you're not wanted highly level being able to select high value men, which we're going to get to towards the end of the show. But I'll briefly peruse this article. Quote, I started to have to say hello at the register to get the cashier's attention. This is it, I thought. I've become invisible. And she says, I didn't notice it at first. It's hard to sense the lack of a thing. Like when you don't realize you have a headache until it's gone until an hour after it receives. It's not like 
I'd ever been a head turner, reasonably attractive. I've never stood out in many ways. That makes either people either excited or uncomfortable. But it was, I don't know if I'm going to read this article. I can't read today. I ain't, I don't even can't read it. But at the end of the day, but somewhere in my early 50s, people just stopped noticing me. I started to have to say hello at the cash register to get the cashier's attention. I also had to repeat my coffee order. I could see their eyes moving past me, lighting on younger, bolder, and more interesting people. This is just natural. And she said, this is it. I thought I'd become invisible. She says, I used to be invisible. The attention I got from men ranged from appreciation, smiles, to flirting, to catcalling, then often turned to anger when I didn't risk act the way they wanted to. It could be nice until it wasn't. And it was tricky to see the line until it had been crossed. Now, one of the things we do experience with younger women who say, what is it like to be a woman? They will say, well, men are catcalling us. They're talking to me all the time and they are bothersome. But when we do say you're going to hit the wall at some point, you're going to hit the wall and the attention is going to go away. Or you're going to hit the wall and your daughter's going to be the age where they're starting to be looked at by men of all ages. And these women will walk through the mall and they will have a daughter between the age of beauty, <laughs> youth and beauty, and 25. And the daughter will start to get more attention than the mother. That's when she knows she's invisible. Now, let me just say this. There are some men who love older women and there are some attractive older women. And there also are some men. Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> they starving out here. So they will look at anything. And I remember there was a point where I would just go hit on anything. I didn't care. But now I'm way past that point because I got my wits about me. But there are some starving men yeah, that, that are into fetishes. <laughs> They're into some nasty stuff. They're into varicose veins. They're into big old chunks of cellulite on hips. They're into saddlebags. They're into saggy booties. They're into plump plumpers. They're into all kinds of stuff. And they have some sort of nasty fetish that they're trying to realize. They'll come to fruition. That's all that is. That's not that you still have value. These, they're just some nasty boys in here. Oh, that's nasty. Okay. Like this one right here. I am not mad that you teenagers don't find me hot. I understand that this is not the desirable body type in your age group. But in my age group, I'm decent. And in your dad's age group, I'm a fucking 10, baby. Now, that's a classic example. Obviously, she got saddlebags. She's pushing it to the side. It probably looks way better in clothing than it does outside of the clothes. And there's some nasty boys that, I love them. I love them saddlebags. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, bear, I guarantee you, you're going to bust one nut and you're going to be scrambling back to the crib. Yeah. And so she thinks she's a 10 in some sort of a group, and she's not. H group, H group as she said. But uh, yeah, there's some dudes that are nasty. There's some dudes that are starving out here. That doesn't mean you have value. But uh, what tends to happen is in the normal average person, women past 50 do become invisible and they start to notice it. Let me read another paragraph and see what she did here. She says, um, she says here, Google women 50 and invisible and you'll get two kinds of results. The first will tell you, yes, it's true. Women stop being noticed in middle age. She then says the next will give you all kinds of advice for beating the odds by staying relevant. Not surprisingly, that means to staying relevant to men, the arbiters of power of bestowing of good fortune. Now, now, 
we live in a world of the miracles of modern science. And I want people to get this straight. We live in a world of Botox. We live in a world of all kinds of chin implants, lip implants. We also have booty implants, breastless, tummy tucks. All right. Um, we also have makeup, hair, hair extensions, wigs. There's a lot of things that can hide and disguise age. And thus, we will say she still looks good for her age. But when you get her home, more than likely, you will see Master Splinter show up to the building. Okay? This is no doubt about it. When you get it home and you see it under daylight and you see it behind closed doors, Master Splinter will be at the building. Okay? Or it'll look weird to you. I grew up in very high, uh, high suburban areas, and I've seen women chop up their face, and they look something like this. They look something like this. Now, the wrinkles are gone, but they be like the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I see you don't have wrinkles in your forehead. However, you look like Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> okay, you look kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, ah. You don't look 21. You look 50, 11, one. You know, you look 50, 11. <laughs> like, what the hell? You don't look 50. You look not 20. You look 50, 11. Mm. So it looks kind of pathetic to me. It looks kind of pathetic. They look like, they look like, uh, hold on for a second. This is the perfect one. Let me see here. I'm going to show you what they look like right here. Let's see if I can pull this up. Yeah, this this is what they look like. This is what they look like right here. Yeah, and th and then people will say, "Oh, she still looks good, Coach. Look, she ain't got no wrinkles in her forehead." And I'm like, "Yeah, but she kind of looking like <laughs> she kind of looks. I can't really put my hand on it. She looks like one of the Who's from Whoville." Let's pull that up. This will be the perfect one right here because then you can't say I'm hating. Let me see here. Who from Whoville? Yeah, this is a perfect one right here. Then they kind of look like they kind of look like one of the Who's from Whoville. And you like, yeah, but you kind of look like I can't tell what I can't tell what going on here. <laughs> It'd be like, hi, I'm here for my date, and you're like, oh, like, oh. <laughs> All right, anyway, that's what the miracle of modern science could do for you. Like, you don't look 20, you don't look 50, you look 50, 11. You look 50, 11 years old. So don't tell me about she still looks good for her age. You know what I mean? Like, this is just the reality of it. But this article's pointing that out. Going on again right here, this is going to be her desperation of wanting male attention after probably being mad that men were giving her attention while she was in her 20s to 30s. Now she says, um... I want I wanted the male gaze and I hated it. I was ready for love, ready for SEX, and I wanted boys to notice me. But in order to be seen, I had to run the gauntlet of male cruelty. Is I've been busty since I was 16 years old. She mentioned 16. I didn't. But she had them huge knockers and mommy milkers at 16. Healthy set of lungs, she would hear, said Paul. I like your skirt, especially the front, said Blaine. Jokes about my period. Comment on my body, the razor thin line that walked between prude and the SLUT. Honestly, I wouldn't wish female adolescence on anyone. Actually, that's a lie. There are a lot of men who would benefit from being forced into Freaky Friday situations as a teenage girl. Going on, she talked about in college and at age 19 and so forth and so on. 
So here's what I learned. People who love you think you're beautiful. They care about your feelings. Hold up for a second. Here's what I've learned. People who love you think you're beautiful. They care about your feelings. They're interested in what you have to say. Those who ignore me don't matter to me. Their opinions don't count. I decided if I'm relevant or interesting or valuable, not them. I decide. So I'm embracing middle age with its pains and surprises. Do I wish I looked the way I did at 30? Well, sure, I'm human, but it doesn't torment me. It's the mirror I want to please, not the marketplace. Okay. At 57, I have ceased. I have simply ceased to care. She given up on life. At 57, I have simply ceased to care. Sure, there's a little disappointment to feeling like I'm no longer interesting, but on balance, it's just such a relief to walk down the street carelessly. I'm not braced for unwanted attention. Not one, No one invades my personal space. No one has told me to smile in at least a decade. It turns out I like flying under the radar. This is the version of the free agent lifestyle for women. There's a lot of other extremely cool women hanging out with me down here. All of us are equally invisible. And that, at least, is a group whose opinion I'm truly interested in, not you men out here. And that's you. But when they're in their late 20s and early 30s here, this is what they're trying to do on you, brothers. Let's go ahead and play it. Um, and here's a secret that many guys don't know, especially in today's day and age, is that women love nice guys. <laughs> we may not understand how much we love and appreciate them until we're a little older um, and we've gotten that sort of asshole phase out of our systems. Uh, I'd say by our late 20s, early, early 30s is uh, the point in our lives when we're just exhausted by the jerks and we have no time in our lives anymore for them. So we really start looking for men who uh, we know will be great long-term partners, AKA nice guys, right? And that's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't care no more. I don't care. Yeah, basically, basically, this is what's gonna be her, this is gonna be her next 40 years right here. Yes. You gonna have some? Okay, tuck in, eat. Indeed. All right. Shout out to Miles Chumley. Shout out to CGA and the coach gang. Guys shouldn't worry about women when they're broke or when you're broke. He says the broke man gets punished in the capitalist society. Take your lease agreement and emergency fund seriously. Let the drunk girls and the drunk college girls go. Let them go. Guys. Girl, I love Josie. <laughs> Josie's so drunk, but I love her. Every man's fantasy is to show up in a bar and there's going to be drunk nymphos that you're going to take home. Guys, you want to give up that dream. If you're in your 20s to 28, listen to me. The idea that you're going to show up to a nightclub in a bar, you're going to actually do something to run game, buy drinks. I don't care what you do, simp, whatever it is. And you're going to drink home, take home all these drunk nymphos. Guys, that's a pipe dream. That's a male fantasy. It's too toxic of a world to even lean on that. You're going to waste more time and money and energy doing that like crazy. This is what them dating coaches want you to do. You ain't going to, that shit ain't going to happen. 
if it happens, it's going to happen two out of 100 times. Two out of 100 times. I've had it, yes. But if I think about what I went through to kind of go and have that hope, I've had that happen. But it don't happen that often. And the aftermath is not as good as you think. It's not as good as you think either. Daniel is in the building. Daniel C says, but coach, she was light-skinned. <laughs> All right. Do light-skinned women get a pass? Light-skinned women can get away with more things than dark-skinned women. Um, I'm not in the light-skinned, dark-skinned conversation. Is that, a, is that a gaslighting conversation? All right. Um, let me see here. Jay Cool says, coach, I have chatted this before, but I wish you had been around in 1998 when things fell apart for me. No one could help me. Then with my daughter and her mother, I could not afford lawyers. And just as well, it would not have helped and or even salvaged the situation. <laughs> I think that she said even salvaged army, even the Salvation Army. And a go-between woman said, I should just stop being a victim because it's not happening to me. She took my daughter to Puerto Rico, and I did not see her again for 13 years. Things are better now, but men in the coach gang, listen to the coach. He knows what he's talking about. I have forgiven, but I will never forget because I can never get it back. And uh, uh, one thing that uh, you do know, and sorry to hear that, how many men here have children that they haven't seen for more than five years? How many, how many men, and I know you're here, how many men, and not mean continuously now, but you go into a period of time where you haven't seen your child in five years or more. Are there any men in here? We got a couple of people here. I, I present. You have children and because of circumstances you haven't seen. Now, that is reprehensible that there's people that are in that situation. There's people in that situation. Somebody said, I haven't seen my son since 2015. I want you to look. Look in the chat, guys. These are men that wanted to have legacies. They got married and all this stuff. Look in the chat. They haven't even seen their kid. We got a guy here seven years. We had this guy 13. Somebody said five. Yeah, these are criminal acts. This is criminal. It, somebody says, my father, my kids hate me for no reason. <laughs> my kids hate me for no reason. My father haven't seen his daughter in for 35 years. For 35 years. Hey, one more thing. One more thing. I want you guys to know, and I have a, a, a man that I have counseled that was in this position. Position. He's in his, I believe, in his 50s now. No, 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 no. He's not in his 50s. I think the guy's definitely in his 70s now, 60s. He got to be older than I thought. But his, his child, his daughter, is now in, his, in her late 40s. And he was alienated when the child was 16 or 17. Right. And the guy decided to move from the East Coast to the West and get away from the situation. He also had a son in this situation as well. And the son was 15 or 14. And then the son, once he moved from the East Coast to the West, the son came with him later on. The mother said, take the son. But she kept the daughter. The daughter is now in her mid 40s and still is alienated from the father. Still, the daughter blames the father for the situation that the father allegedly put them in when the child when the daughter was 16 or 17 that father that I'm talking about has not seen his grandkids ever 
ever has never seen the daughter's child. I want you to listen. And I want you to, and I want to say this. This is when I tell you, this doesn't stop at 18. This doesn't stop at 18. The mistake that men are making is that, okay, the kid turns 18, then it'll be free and clear. It doesn't. This goes on for next two generations or three. This hangs over your kid's head. This is why co-parenting is a myth. It hangs over until generations. And it doesn't stop because then the kids need to choose colleges. They need to buy. You need, they, they need cars to drive around. They need support systems in their, until their early 30s financially or a place to live. They also have holidays, graduations, childbirthing, marriage or marriage, then childbirthing. There are a bunch of things that are going to happen after that. So it's not that this is something that just happens until the kids turn 18. This happens forever. These, these fights that you're making last forever. They're lasting forever. This is why I say co-parenting is a myth. Divorce is a myth. You're not getting divorced if you have children. You just move to a different house. And then you play this game that you're doing something that is going to be good, but it ends up toxic for a lifetime, for the lifetime of you and the lifetime of the, the children. The children become adult and, uh, you know, you have the situation of holidays. It's still going to be complicated. Oh, I'm going to go over dad's house for the holiday. What do you mean you're going to go over to dad's house for the holiday? You always come to my house. Well, this year I'm going to go to dad's house. And the kid is 25, 30 years old, and there's still this bullshit tug of war over the kids. What if, what if your kids have their first child or their kid has a wedding? This has happened. I've shared stories where the biological father, the biological father will see his daughter get engaged and married. At the wedding, the daughter chooses the stepfather to walk her down the aisle. And then the mother doesn't invite your side of the family to the wedding. Ah, oh, this is going to be complicated. And then the daughter says, you know what? To make things fair, dad sides of the family can't come to the wedding. This is real. This is, doesn't stop when they are 18. Then the stepfather, all you, then you're watching your daughter's wedding on Facebook. <laughs> And you're watching the stepdad or your mom, her, your, your baby mama's brother, your baby mama's granddad, walk your daughter down the aisle. It doesn't stop at 18. We need to get real about these situations in these commentaries. This shit happens all through the kid's life. Or let's just say this. One of your kids, one of your kids have a kid, have their kids. They get married. They have kids. At the hospital. Your baby mama terrorist is there. And this is 10 years after you're removed and 10 years after your kid turns 18. Your baby mama terrorist shows up. And then they say, she doesn't, she says, I don't feel comfortable with him coming to see the kid. Or you come to see the kid and then the tension's still in the air from some shit that happened 25 years ago. Then you're in the room and now the grandkid can feel the tension between two divorced people. It's not only with the children anymore. It is now with the new generation of the grandkid. Now you're bringing that same bullshit in with your damn grandkids. And this shit happens all the time. This is why co-parenting is a myth. 
People do this all the time. Mortal enemies. Now your grandkids can feel the tension between two damn divorced people. It's sad. It's sad. This is the venom that we're doing. This is not just 18. It's lifelong. And you still got people blaming each other for some shit that happened 25, 30 years ago. What? Sad. It's sad. But this is true. Anyway. You guys got to realize what you're doing out here. Uh, what we're doing. What the, the importance of what, what is the lessons you're going to give to your children about, 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 you know, moving on in life. About not holding grudges. About not abusing them and claiming that you're 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 looking out for their best interest. So you got to really figure out ways you're going to navigate this. It just doesn't end at 18. Um, when your kids go to college, if your kids go to college, and you do the move in, we're doing college move in. All my daughters, my sons going to college for the first time. I'm going to record it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to drive. We're going to bring your little boxes up the stairs. We're going to let the football team move my daughter's stuff up the stairs in their dorm. I don't want my dad to come. Or I'll flip it. I don't want my mom to come. So you can't go see your kid off to college. Hmm? This shit happens to a lot of people. Or they hide the conversation. Well, we're going on Tuesday. And they end up going on Monday. Oh, dad, you missed it. <laughs> you guys ready for this conversation? You guys are not. Because when these things happen, nobody says shit. They just say you're bitter and you're hurt. All right. Winnie Wall says in New York. If you mention that the mom is unable to provide for the child, the judge will say that's what child support is for. Men always go for full custody, never go for 50-50. That's already your right. Free agent lifestyle for life. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I always say, man, if, if somebody threatened me with court, I'm going for the jugular. And <laughs> we're going to complicate it. But, but uh, yeah. In the situation where a woman says, this is the sad part, or a parent says, I can't support the kids, I have half custody or majority custody, they simply ask for more money. You should be able to say, well, if they can't support the kid, I should have more custody. Then you play the bullshit game. Okay. Why do I pay? Why do I just pay? Why don't I be a father? No, that's not an option. So anyway. Kevin W, if Senator Josh Hawley is so concerned about the decline of the marriage rate, he should talk about the members of the coach gang. He should talk with us. And he says, this ish is so upsetting. Yeah, man, they're, they're overlooking it. So we've been doing this for 10 years in this space. And people will still say, what's wrong with the dating marketplace? What's wrong with marriage? What's wrong with? And then we're over here talking about it, getting squashed, deplatformed, demonetized. We're here telling our side of the story, and they're completely ignoring it. They're ignoring it. They're saying our, our opinions don't matter. And then they still go back to the table and say, what's wrong with marriage, dating, and, and divorce? <laughs> they want answers, but then when we give them the answers and we give them the evidence, they're like, nah, we ain't listening to that shit. We get canceled, and we get canned, and we get demonetized. It's, they're turning a blind eye to it, but then they want to know the solutions. Guys, and I'm going to tell you, Hafiz, listen up. There's no solutions until you handle this part. You can't move on until you handle this part. Same thing in the black community. You want to fix the community. You can't move on until you fix single motherism. You can't work around it. 
Let's keep single motherism and the pathetic way to raise children. Let's keep that going. But let's get what white people have. I'm sorry. White people don't have 80% single motherism. They don't have that. You can't get what they have and then have something completely opposite of what they have created. You can't do it. You got to hit that first. Solve that first. Then the rest will probably fall in line. And no, I'm not blaming the men or the women, but you can't ignore 80% single motherism or 80% unmarried homes, or I don't care how you want to phrase it. 80% broken homes. I don't care how you want to phrase it. You can't do that and then say, how do we get here and save the community? But you do you. This is why men are walking away. This is why men are getting their passports because they're tired of being ignored. They're tired of being ignored with the conversation and then they're just saying we're toxic and you think you could just push us to the side and get the simps. Anyway, Paul says, I went to court to stop the jab and the judge decided with the doctor, but son refused, big fight, and he came to live with me. So that's a W. Congratulations for you on that one. Um, on the jab thing, a lot of a lot of co-parents who were reportedly co-parenting when the jab issue came up all of a sudden, World War Three, some people lost custody because of their position on the jab. But we're co-parenting. Some people lost custody because they were anti jab. I read you a story on it, and it is actually one of the women who was anti vax, but she was pro jab. <laughs> But she got more custody because the dad said he was an anti-jabber. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. But you guys are, I tell you, man, it's, it's not as easy as it seems. All right. But again, the woman was, an, she was anti-vax. She was, a, meaning the previous vax. She was anti-vax, but then she was pro-jab. And then she came in and got more custody because the dad was an anti-jab. Circus. Shout out to no government name, BH. Thank you, man. I don't know whether to say your name. Daniel D says, wish I had heard this 10 years ago. Me too. Trust your instinct. Dev says, quick tip, use ad blocker in the browser. Well, I can't do that because there's a whole complicated reason why I don't do that. Dev also says, appreciate the knowledge, coach. Appreciate you. Uh, Craig says the movie Love and Basketball is a prime example of this. I've only seen it once, so I can't remember how they showed that as an example. And uh, let me do some super chats, and then we'll get to the main event. Okay. Jabari says, uh, why don't we just donate our sperm instead of family hopping? It just I think it doesn't make sense to knock up XXs for free. Well, dudes want to roll the dice, man. Can't stop dudes from rolling the dice. Uh, but we're not playing nature's game anymore. We're playing government game. Pedro V says, if your wife gets tuned up, meaning a tummy tuck, et cetera, it is for the bull in the ring, not you. And that's you. And that is true, too. Anytime you do give your, you know, pay for your wife's breast implants or or her confidence, it's going to be for the next man to enjoy more than you will. Not only that, Eli says my ex changed her phone number, took my two sons out of school and put them on 100% virtual learning, and I haven't seen my boys since before the pandemic. So your the ex changed the phone number. Wow. Took your kids out of school. Wow. Man, boy. Listen to this. 
But people think, you know, we're better and hurt over here. And people all just get over it. I'll just pay the money. I bet you he's paying child support. I bet you he's paying child support. I bet you that man is paying child support. King Uru says, Coach uh, should do a trauma bond episode where dudes call in anonymously and share their stories of terrorism. Before my marriage imploded, I had no idea or did not care to know. So many men were dealing with these issues. Yep. A lot of men don't know and they don't care. Right. It's sad. Last two. Enigma says describing my wedding coach or her family politics. Dad not invited. Mom not comfortable. Uh, should have seen a red flag for my marriage. Oh, there you go right there. So, wow. Wow. Okay. So you got married to a woman. Yes. And they have family politics. So that was a red flag. Yeah. And we looked it. You overlooked it. Man, King. Radica says, just so on my appreciation, coach, your streams are always on point. I want to show your channel to my hempeg dad, but I think it's too late for him. Yes. Forget about it, y'all, guys. He ain't coming out of that. He's stuck. He's stuck. Don't try to say boomers. Let the boomers, let the boomers die out. <laughs> it is time for the main event story today. We're going to talk about a love triangle. Uh, this is the story of the past. There's not many love triangles anymore. This is because women do believe that they have more options out there. So if you don't behave, they just monkey branch to someone else. But this story took place, took place the majority of it in the 20 teens. And uh, let's go ahead and show you the players in the story here. But you'll see. You'll see. Where's my where's my story? OK, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have my story lined up. Here's one of the players here. This is a love triangle that turned into a tragic situation. Let's get the banner up right here. So a woman moves into a man's life and that man basically upgrades and gets rid of one of the other women. And uh, then the woman who is actually going to win the high value man is going to be deleted by the woman who lost the high value man. So this is a situation of when, where women will fight for you if you have the value. I know some pookies and ray braids get fought over as well, but that is not always the case. Here, right here, you do have a woman that's going to be a gordita. I know these women look the same, but they are not. These are two different women here. This is one woman right here. Yes, this is her. And that's This you. is the woman who loses the high value, man. This is the woman who sets up and hires the pookie to get rid of this woman. And this man certainly has a type. This takes place in Dallas, Texas. Woman flees to Mexico after she arranges, arranges the execution of her ex-fiance's new girlfriend. And that's you. Brenda Delgado couldn't move on after a breakup, so she resorted to deletion. At age 35, Kendra Hatcher, this is the woman, this is the woman who would lose her life, was doing what she loved and had met someone she thought she would spend the rest of her life with. Tragically, a jealous woman would put an end to her promising future. A devout Christian who was raised in Pleasant Plains, Illinois, Hatcher studied dentistry in college. She helped build churches abroad, taught Bible study, and performed free dental work for children in Ecuador. Of course, she was a virgin as well. <laughs> They're describing her like this. In 2015, Hatcher was living in Dallas, te Texas, and accepted a job at Smile Zone, which offered high-end dentistry to children for dis from disadvantaged households. She also began dating Dr. Ricardo Panaguea, I can't pronounce that, that same year. So she moved to Dallas. She found her a new man. Dr. Ricardo 
wait a minute, an engineer doctor, right? She found her an engineer doctor. Hold on for a second. I can't find it. Why can't I find it? Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independent. Okay, Dr. Ricky right here. It says right here, Dr. Ricky was completing a, oh, he's a dermatologist. Okay, so she's a dentist. He's a der dermatologist. He was completing his dermatology residency at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. After dating for only three months, Hatcher and Dr. Ricardo began talking about marriage. All right, Dr. Ricky, brother, you moving too fast. She must have put that thing on you. They planned a trip to Cancun for Labor Day 2020. I'm sorry, 2015. Things were going exceedingly well for Hatcher until September 2nd. 2015 so this is the woman here this is this is hatcher she's in school for dentistry she's gonna be an engineer doctor herself that day hasim sayad or syed was in a parking garage and um in a luxury building hatcher live in he said he heard screams it was pure fear and then i heard a pop 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 and all of that is right there and then he saw a Jeep Cherokee speeding out of the garage. Once it seemed safe, he got out of the car and he ran over there and he saw the body. Okay. Anyway. And he saw the body. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. So he got to the roof, saw the body. He called 911 and reported the shooting. First responders rushed to the scene, but they were unable to save the victim who was subsequently identified as this woman, Kendra. All right. So Kendra got deleted, unfortunately, here. Wait a minute. Wrong one. All right, it says right here, bullet shards, uh, Megan Thee Stallion bullet shards and uh, a handgun magazine were found on the ground near her body. Her purse was missing, but her cell phone was left behind. Though the murders had a hallmark of a robbery gone wrong, the manner of the shooting suggested an execution. All right, so we're going to skip all of this stuff. And it says right here, security camel cameras at the parking structure showed a black Jeep Cherokee um, arrived at 7.15 prior to the deletion. Somewhere at 7.42, the victim, Kendra, is being... Uh, pulling into the garage, and then she got capped. All right, anyway. All right, the shooter identified as a skinny black man basically pulled up to the car and clippity-clapped her. All right, two days later, the investigators saw it was um, a guy's car. Jose, <laughs> Jose's car is caught on camera. Jose shows up, and he said he lent the Jeep to Brenda Delgado. So here's Brenda right here. He lent the Jeep to Brenda. So on the scene, it looks like Brenda has the car. But upon closer, closer inspection, this woman's driving the car. They do look kind of similar, and they got them fat pit bull heads. Them heads are chunky, bro. Like, this is a chunky head right here. These girls got some chunky-ass heads. So what happened was Brenda borrows Jose's car. Ho uh, Brenda borrows Jose's car. Then Brenda lends the car to this woman whose name is Crystal. Crystal Meth. <laughs> Crystal's 23 years old, and she's a single mother, and she was brought in for questioning, and she admitted driving the give getaway car during the deletion. She claimed she had been with her baby, her son, when she was forced to drive by the crime scene when the carjacker jacked another woman's car. So she said she was there, she was driving the Jeep, but she had her son in the car, Blah, blah, blah. She basically lied. Anyway, continuing on with the conversation right there. Later on, she claimed that she willingly drove the gunman to the scene 
the son wasn't in the car, but didn't know he was going to shoot her. He thought he was going to rob her. That's basically what he's going to say right there. And then moving on with the idea here. Then when asked, did she aid in the robbery? She claimed it was Delgado's idea, which is this woman right here. So they ended up pinning it back on her crime scene analysis. Now, let's get into what happened here. Let's get into what happened, just so you guys know. Because this guy was a doctor, he was going into dermatology. The one woman's going to lose the man. She then incorporated her, another guy, another woman, Crystal, and another guy, Pookie, to delete the woman. This is how crazy it gets. And a lot of guys always telling me, you guys are always telling me you like them Latinas. And I tell you, especially Latinas that come and have family over in other areas and they come here, they can get very feisty and protective of their men. They can get very feisty and protective of their men. This is why I encourage you, no matter who you are, if you're dating Latinas, you better not do her wrong because she can get the shank out. She will start juking you. They do get very protective. And this woman followed Dr. Ricardo around. It is said that she showed up at his salsa lessons and she enrolled in the salsa class. And it was like, oh, I enrolled in this class too. She also, because they shared the same phone plan, Dr. Delgado bought this woman a phone. She was a simple dental hygienist. She kept the phone and using the iPhone location app, she was able to track Dr. Delgado and she would show up on jogging trails. She would just show up out of nowhere, out of just playing nowhere, right? She was following him. So you got to watch out for people because we talked about this. Go back to my stream on, I believe, Thursday, how women investigate you. Women will go through great lengths to investigate you. Snapchat uh, locations, iPhone locations, and they will do this and act like... <laughs> Act like they're not doing anything wrong. It's very passive aggressive. Fortunately, not a lot of women do this today under the age of 30. Not a lot of women do this because they have options in their DMs. Let's continue with the story right here. It says right here. It says detectives learned that Delgado had dated Dr. Ricky on and off from 2012. So this was three years until the beginning of 2015. They had actually lived together for a time, and she had even gotten pregnant by him, though she later had an early termination of pregnancy, according to a 2020 Texas magazine. So, yes, this is what happened to Dr. Ricky as well. Yo, so I'm raw dogging this chick, right? She goes, yo, I'm on birth control. You can just bust a nun on me whenever you want. And you know what I did? I busted. So now this is Dylan. He just turned two the other day. All right, Dr. Ricky knocked up his girl. All right, let's put the article back up just so you can see it on the screen here. Uh, you guys might not want to read along, so I'll do it here. Through social media postings and by hacking Dr. Uh, Ricardo's email, Delgado cyberstalked both her ex and the new woman. Cortez, the Cortez which was the, the, the young girl who actually had the shooter, claimed that Delgado offered her $500 to steal Hatcher's purse. On Cortez's phone, detective found a photo taken that day after the deletion with $500 in bill folded in the shape of a heart. She admitted that Brenda paid her to, her to be the getaway driver so we would have enough to arrest her that night for deletion. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough evidence to place Brenda in custody, 
So they had to let her go. So anyway, it says right here they had to work with some unpaid traffic tickets and all of that stuff. Anyway, the woman, Crystal Meth, says that the shooter's name is Lamar. And you brothers, listen up now. <laughs> it's always brothers. Let's get the pookie. Let's get the pookie up. This is how they, they use you, brothers, because you ain't got no life. You, you, you hooked on drugs. Let's get the brother in here. You know they had to go get a ninja. <laughs> pookie. All right, here we go right here. This is where Jermaine shows up. And it's all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. <laughs> they had to go Mamacita. And I'm sure Crystal Meth. This is Crystal Meth here. This is the woman. All right, let's put him on the scene. <laughs> Not a <laughs> so this chunky gordita. Hold on for a second. You know he was hitting this. You know he was hitting this. So this gordita <laughs> offered up some leg to the brother Pokey to do the damn crime. Let's go ahead and give you this part of the show right here. Dang, this brother. Oh, man, you ninja, ninja, ninjas. Let's get it right here. Cortez, it says right here. Let me see here. Cortez said the shooter's name was Lamar and that he drove a blue Chrysler Sebring and supplied his phone number. While the name was determined to be fake, the number produced the Dallas address, which had a blue Sebring parked outside. Here we go right nope. here. The car belonged to 31-year-old Christopher Love. And on September 30th, 2015, Love was arrested on an outstanding warrant from Memphis, Tennessee. Not Memphis. Oh, damn. Memphis again taking another L on the CGA channel. Memphis be taking L's over here. He got that for the first time and he had to go in there. Boy, he fell in love with that wet, wet. Oh, no, not Memphis. All the humanity. All the humanity. Okay. So that's Lamar. That's his name is Christopher Love. Okay. It says right here he had an outstanding warrant in Memphis, Tennessee. Inside his car, authorities found his firearm hidden in a side compartment. Ballista's text revealed that it was the firearm used to delete Kendra Hatcher. Love told detectives that Delgado, Crystal, I'm sorry, no, Brenda, the jealous lover, said she would connect. Wait, she was connected to the Mexicans. Wait a minute. So Love tells detective that Brenda, the jealous lover, was said she was connected to Mexico's infamous drug cartel. And she promised to pay him in both drugs and money. And I'm pretty sure sex was on the table, too. But let's go ahead and find out uh, what that connection looked like. <laughs> So Cartello Carlos, this woman's, wait, not this woman, the other woman's connected to Cartello Carlos and he had the hookup for the drugs and the sex and a little bit of money. Boy, he wanted the dope. Dope thing. Mm. Dope 
Fiend, brothers, we got to do better out here. So he believes that Delgado, this woman here, was connected to the cartel. Jesus. She was the plug. Okay, let's continue, man. Yikes. Let's continue. It says right here, Christopher Love was arrested and charged with capital deletion, which does mean that you can be sentenced to death, death if you are convicted. In October 2018, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> this dude got he got sentenced to death over this damn love triangle. Wow. Let's continue. Brenda Delgado made bail on September 2015. Then she boarded a bus and fled the country. Oh, wait, she was out. She was put on the FBI's 10 most wanted list with a $100,000 reward and was offered was offered for her information leading to her arrest. She was eventually caught in April of 2016, somewhere in Mexico that I can't pronounce. But Mexico stipulated that she couldn't or she wouldn't face the death penalty as part of her extradition agreement. And uh, if you know anything, I don't know if this is current. If you are in Mexico and you get arrested on a, you know, you're wanted in America, uh, I don't believe Mexico believes in the death penalty. So they will not extradite you if you are going to be uh, prosecuted for the death penalty. So it looks like Brenda Delgado, unfortunately for um, your boy, the black guy, Mr. Love, he's getting executed and she's getting no execution. Wow. Ninja, ninja, ninja. What else is there here? There's a couple of more things here. Okay. She then, uh, let me see here. So they push her back. Uh, Crystal, Crystal Meth, the driver, pleaded guilty to deletion and agreed to testify against Love and Delgado in exchange for a 35-year prison sentence. God dang. So she got off somewhat light as well. She says, probably two weeks after I met Brenda, we started planning the deletion. Cortez testified as Delgado's murder trial uh, that year. It says, after deliberation for 30 minutes, a jury found Brenda Delgado guilty of capital deletion in 2019. Upon her conviction, she was automatically sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So that's a whole that's a whole crazy issue around what can happen when love goes bad. Now, I've been telling you about love, and I've said things like this. More people have been harmed than have benefited from love. I'll say it again. More people have been harmed by love than have been benefited by love. Now, I will tell you, not everybody goes to these great lengths to delete people. But I will also tell you, you never have known that if you had a price over your head or not, you would have known. You broke over the girl. She probably tried to get after you and she couldn't get after you because you were sneaky enough or you got away. Those times are changing. But when it comes to love and people say, well, I believe in love. I say, well, this is an example of love. Well, they weren't loving right. No, you can't do that. They believe they were in love. <laughs> you can't tell them they're doing it wrong. See, you were married, but you did it wrong. Nope, it was a marriage. And it counts as an L. People don't want love and marriage to count as an L. This is an L. And this is an example of love loving too hard. So anyway, 
Love solves everything, doesn't it? It solves three people in jail. The doctor's out here fornicating in these streets. The doctor's out here. In these streets. Three, three women, two, one woman dead, two women in prison, and one pookie getting executed. All for some juice box. All for some juice box. <laughs> what, a tr what a story. I love those stories, by the way. It was featured. There's probably, I think there's a movie after it, too. There's a movie after it. Um, and um, look who was the low man on the totem pole. He got the worst penalty. Pookie. Pookie got the, yeah, he ain't getting no more Pinocchio for Pookie. He ain't getting no more of that ju juicy, juicy. No more juicy box for him. Get to these super chats. Where's it at? Oh, there it is. No more juice box. Steven says, can a child of a divorce sue the system for an outcome of their life? He says, providing evidence of comparing single mothers raised kids versus single fathers. No, I don't think they can do that. I, that would be interesting. That would be a good way to overturn the family court system if, if, if children of divorce actually were able to prove that they were harmed, right? Um, but the 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 basic phrase of the best interest of the child is how courts hide the blood on their hands. They will say, well, this is in the best interest of the child. Um, this is why I don't agree with many times parents using the family court as a referee. If you just can't overcome your husband or the father of the child and you're just weaker, you got to take that L. You chose to procreate with him. But what will happen is because they're weaker, they may not be able to think logically. Um, they will overrun. They will use the family court as a referee. The family court then says, in the best interest of the child, we're going to make decisions. Even if it disagrees with the mother and the father, the, 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 the court just basically says, well, this is in the best interest of the child. Now, once you become an adult, you can't not sue the family court and say, well, you weren't doing things in my best interest. At that moment, the two parents use the court to determine that. It's actually a jackass move by both parents. And um, while the mother is, is weak and can't overcome the father, they use the courts in the in the absence of them being good communicators, right? Good logically. And so they use an emotional reaction. They get the courts involved. Then the court then says, well, since you can't be a good parent yourself, I'll, I'll decide what the kid is going to do. It's actually, if you think about it, that's that's a slave master relationship. It's actually very dumb when people do that. I don't know. I don't know why people keep doing that. But I'm like, why do you let a stranger determine? Because why do you let a stranger, because they have a robe on, determine your kid's future? I don't get it because I'm going to I'm going to tell you many judges don't even know your kids personally. I'm going to say that again. Many judges or family court. I don't care anybody in that family court. The, even the attorneys, they don't even know your kids personally. And I'll give you an example of this and why I think people are dumb that do this. Let's just say your kids have a name where you cannot determine the gender of that child based on the name of the child. I've seen this happen. Not just to me. I've seen this happen in courts. I've been in so many courts you wouldn't even know. The, the attorney that is acting on behalf of your baby mother 
will introduce your kids by the wrong gender. The judge will even pull their paperwork, pull up their computer screen. Oh, I see you have two daughters. And you literally will have a daughter and a son. At that point, just kiss the whole kid goodbye. Yeah, you'd be like, I see your daughter, Richard. I see your son, Richard. And you'd be like, my daughter's name is Richard. <laughs> you're like, my daughter's name is Richard. Oh, at that point, you realize you're screwed. You're screwed. This person doesn't even know your kids. And they're going to sit over there and act on their best interest? How? How is that possible? How can you not know a person and act on their best interest? It makes no sense, but people will allow that shit to happen. The Even the attorney acting on behalf of your baby mama or the father, they don't even know your kids. They have never met them. And they're fighting for you to get your kids away from you based on the information one of the parents have provided to them. And you're going, what? Dude, just go back to slavery. Just go back to slavery. What do you, what are you guys doing? Why would you do that to your kids? You should immediately. You're like, you guys, you know what? You guys aren't going to make the best decisions for me. You don't even know what my kids are. You don't know the age. You don't know where they go to school. You don't know their names. You don't know their gender. You don't know shit. But y'all be up in there fighting tooth and nail. Throwing the daddy all up under the bus for the person that don't even completely unaware of the dynamics of your kids. Nothing. I swear you guys are idiots when we do this. I, I don't know what to tell you. Master is the hidden hand. Master is the hidden hand. I don't know why people do this shit. But we do it. And we claim to be good parents. It's actually a jackass move. And you guys deserve what you get. <laughs> it's like, wow. And you'll correct them. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and at that point, I'm going to tell you something. When you correct them, it is at that point they know they know they fucked up. Soon as you do that, and you're like, well, actually, that's my son. Well, actually, that's my daughter. Actually, I have two daughters. I actually have two sons. I actually have three kids. I actually have two sons and one daughter. When they know that, they'll go, oh. Okay, and they'll move on. At that point, you should say, you guys don't even know what's going on in here. What the hell? How are you, you going to act on behalf of my kids? And you don't even know them. That's when you should call them out because they know you got you got the leg up. They don't even know what the hell they do. But then you just going to sit there and correct them. Well, actually, judge. Well, actually, judge, I have two sisters, two daughters. What is my court? How do you how do you have how do you have um anyway? <laughs> how do you have authority of people? You don't even know who the hell they are. Slave masters, I tell you. And guess who guess who serves it up? Your baby mama terrorist serves up your kid on a chunky ass platter. And she thinks she's getting over on you. <laughs> like what? You actually making your kids slaves of the system. Let me see here. But you guys keep doing you out here. I think if a mother takes their kids uh, to it takes their baby mama to court. She's actually abdicating parentage. She's actually she's ab, not abdicating for parentage. She's abdicating against parentage. She's basically putting the authority of the child under the government. 
big daddy government and saying, I can't do it. And I refuse to do it with him. So the court gets that decide. What? What? The fuck? what? I tell you, man, you guys are some assholes. I mean, jackasses. It's actually, it's actually just, you guys choose to be slaves. Kanye said it best. Slavery is a choice. He didn't say those exact words, but when I look at what people do, absolutely. You guys are choosing to do this. Trash. Trash human beings. I don't know what to tell you, but you keep doing you. Don't, don't listen to my opinion on this. Don't listen to my opinion on this. And then, and then the court can decide how much the kid needs per month. What? Okay, the kid needs this much money per month. Based on what? Based on what? Okay, so this kid needs $200,000 a month. This kid needs three hundred. dollars How in the hell can that kid need $200,000, but this kid needs three hundred? dollars How do y'all do this shit? Well, like, what does that mean? What sense does that make? Only on a plantation can you have some discrepancy like that and call this justice. Why does that kid get 200? Why does my kid only get three? What are we basing that off of? I don't want to hear about income. No, you're setting up a class system where one kid gets a great benefit. The other one doesn't. That's called classism. That's called plantation politics. And why does my kid only need 300? Not only that, my kid's going to need way more than 300. We know this. Because the baby mama's going to tell you, that little $300 ain't shit. That's what she's going to tell you. I need more. And you're going to be like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not entitled to give you more. You're right? Guys, if you're a father, I don't care. You, you're trying to be a good dad. You're an idiot. And you guys going to have to wear this L. You're an idiot if your mother, baby's mother, takes you to court. And they get a judgment and you pay more than a judgment. I was that idiot. And all of that money, I lost. I lost it. Because later on, all she did was fight me for it. Or she never paid her half. But then when it was time to pay her her half, she take you and man, she dragged you back into court. He owes me 150 bucks. And you're like, well, I paid for X, Y, and Z. Well, she says, I don't, I didn't care about that. That don't matter, or I didn't agree to that. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> You're an idiot if you pay more than the court order. You're an idiot if you pay more than the court order. Because the courts have decided what that kid gets from you. And that is the maximum that you're supposed to give. <laughs> That's the maximum. Everything you get in excess it's just out of the kindness of your heart. And most baby mothers will not be happy that you gave that. They're not going to be like, thank you. You're such a good dad for giving me that extra. They're not going to accept it. They're not going to do that shit. Never think that that that, that person is going to be like, thank you for giving me extra. Because what you're going to do is when you give them extra and you stop giving them extra, she now knows that you have extra. What do you think's coming after that? What do you think's coming after that? I'm supposed to pay $500 a month. 
but I've been paying and doing in excess of $1,500 a month. But I lost my job. I can no longer give the $1,500 a month. What do you think is going to happen next? Your ass is going to get a modification of child support. <laughs> She's going to say you had it. Now you're not giving it. So you back in court. And she's going to get $1,500 in child support on the, on the modification. Guys, you guys don't know the game. And she's going to tack it back from eight months ago. He stopped giving it eight months ago. And then you're going to go back and they're going to tack it back from eight months ago. So you're not only going to owe $1,500 in child support. You're going to owe $1,500 times eight. <laughs> For a second. Let me get my calculator out. I could have done that quicker. That's $12,000. You're $12,000 in arrear. In arrearages. You're $12K in arrearages. Yeah. You, oh, the humanity. You guys think you know this game. You better know what you're up against. Now you're 12K and your driver's license has been suspended. Your passport has been suspended. Your work license has been suspended. On right there on the spot, right there on the spot. Soon as this spot typed in, soon as this typed in, you owe twelve thousand dollars plus going forward fifteen hundred dollars mm. <laughs> and interest and late fee and late fee penalties. <laughs> hey, who thinks I'm lying here? Yep, and your tax return, your tax return is gone. Whatever you thought you were getting a tax return, they're gonna gobble that up. And if you have a savings account, they're gonna put a levy on that account. If you have it in savings, they're going to levy. They're going to find your savings account. Any savings account that gains one penny in extra savings, they're going to find that account on the system. And they're going to go, boom, they're going to levy your account. They're going to get that money. Who thinks I'm lying? Who thinks I'm lying? Yep. Oh, don't have a W-2 job. Don't have a W-2 job. Because if you receive a W-2 and a paycheck biweekly, the human resource department at, at your job is going to march into your office. You're going to see these ladies right here. They're going to knock on your do door and say, uh, Mr. Adams, can I see you real quick? You're going to walk down the hall. She's going to be quiet. How, how are you? She's going to say, well, listen, um, we got something from your child support agency that says you owe $12,000 in arrearage as well. They're only entitled to get like 28% of your check, but we're just going to have to garnish it. Sorry. There's nothing we can do. So we're going to automatically gobble up that money. And I, we got to send it to them. Sorry. So you're going to be light another 250, 300, maybe $400 a month until you catch up with their original. Y'all think this is a game? <laughs> Y'all think this is a game? Come on, man. What if it's in your checking account? Oh, uh, it. well, you guys are getting into complicated situations. Checking accounts. Are good savings accounts bad. So, if you want to know secrets on how to get around it, never get a savings account if you're on child support. <laughs> okay, never get an account that is a combination checking and savings. Always get it only in checking. I'm giving y'all a little bit of more game here. Give me a super chat. Give me a super chat. Only get a checking account if it's a combination check and savings, or it's a savings account purely levy. 
They're going to get that money out. This is the game. Yep, no CODs, no home equity fee. Dude, you can't have anything. They're going to they're gonna be able to attack it. If you have money in some sort of um, investment accounts, they could go after that, but that's a little bit harder. So uh, anyway, checking savings accounts are automatically triggered. They can look for those. And if your saving account earns one red cent, it's a savings account, they're going to levy it. And suspend your driver's license, suspend your fishing license, suspend if you're a doctor, they can spend your doctor's license. Oh, they can suspend your real estate license if you're a real estate agent through the state, suspend it. You can no longer practice real estate. <laughs> All right, somebody says can't super chat. You can super chat on the Notorious CGA channel automatically. Yep, they can suspend your passport, gone. Now, um, also, if you try to, if if you try to renew your passport, they'll send you a letter. You try to renew your la- passport, they'll send you a letter. They'll say we can't renew your passport. You are in arrearages at child support. You think this is a game? <laughs> Shout out to Daniel says thanks for check for the checking and savings question. Thank you for that super chat. And then you're gonna say, but how am I gonna work if I owe child support? I owe child support. How am I gonna work? Don't, how am I going to pay you off if I can't work? They're like, you figure it out. Mm. Now, there's a way around this, which is very controversial. There's a way around this, and I know it's going to start an argument because people don't thoroughly explain it, and then people have caused, uh, called people all kind of frauds uh, for explaining this. There is a way around it, and it's not the avoidance of the child support system. That's a whole nother strategy. Avoiding child support, it's a different strategy altogether and suing them and all of that shit and not accepting their mail. That's one strategy. You can try to dodge that shit all day long, but most people are already behind the eight ball when it comes to that. You're already in the system. So there's no avoidance unless you just sue the pants off of them, which is a very complicated long array system here. But the way around it is if you ever get in the rearages, I need a super chat for this. File that chapter 13. File the chapter 13. File the chapter 13. Or pay it off. I don't know. I don't care. Pay pay the damn thing off. It's going to be painful because that money's going straight to the baby mama terrorists and you know they did it. This is the fact. This is how you throw rocks in high hands. This is a passive aggressive way. This is a passive aggressive way to attack you. So you're going to feel attacked. And then you're going to take that out on your children or the baby mama terrorists. And then you're going to feel attacked. And the the mother's just going to sit over there like this, hiding her hands. The mother's going to be like, I ain't doing nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing nothing. But she has the system. But the only thing that's going to happen is this. If you do that, all that's going to happen is you're going to be able to get your license back temporarily. You're going to be able to get your passport back. You're going to get your business license back. You're still going to owe the money. I want to be clear. You're still going to owe the money. You just package it up with the federal government, and then you create a payment plan, but you have to stick to the payment plan in your bankruptcy, and you also have to pay the current child support going forward. Nothing happens. It doesn't go away. It does not go away. That's what people think. Oh, you filed 13, and it's over. No. You're just going to get back the things that they quashed. That's the benefit of it. 
but it does not go away. And you do have to continue paying once you finish the bankruptcy process. Does the interest accrue on it? I don't know. And they can't call you or send you mail for six months. They can't call you. That's the only thing that's going to happen. You're still going to have the original debt. The original is still going to have the going child support going forward. Nothing that changes. The only thing is you can get your driver's license back. Now, at that point, you got to keep up with both payments in order to not get your license suspended. In order to not lose your passport, they just can't do it again because you've just repackaged and you re, you redistributed the debt. So if you do get your driver's license <laughs> suspended, that's the only way around it. Or the other only way around it is pay off the debt. Okay. So do your own research on it. Some people don't want that because chapter seven stay on your record for seven years or so, eight years or 10 years. It could be on your record for a decade. And you'd be like, well, I won't be able to buy a house. Well, you ain't going to be able to buy a house anyway. <laughs> he says you could do a modification of the amount if you make less money. Well, that's a gamble. Um, I don't I don't suggest that because you're going to say you're going to say, hey, judge, I make less money now. <laughs> I would not encourage you to do that because they're going to just laugh at you. And your baby mama terrorist is going to fight that. Because listen, you can't just quit. You can't just quit your job and say, I owe less money now. No. You, you don't, you can't do that. They, they're going to laugh you out. You know, you're going to be in that room for three minutes. They're going to laugh you out of there and it's out. And then one more thing. Somebody just said here, he says, you got to go to court and play dumb and not get into your emotions. And also put your driver's license in another state. Yes. Move to another state. Put it in another state. They can't touch that one. All right. Only in your state. Only in their jurisdiction can they affect you. So, um, but dude, there is reciprocity with states in other states. So just because you moved to Arizona from California doesn't mean they can't F with you. So you guys got to know the game. The game is big out here. But guys, you can't have a job that makes $80,000 a year. You get a child support order, and then you go into court and say, I lost a job. Modify the child support. Good luck. Good luck. That is not going to happen. They're going to be like, and the kid has still needs. That's all preemptive strikes. Like losing your job before there's an order, losing your job before you break up, losing your job before she gets wind of filing a case against you. Then you're in the driver's seat, but then they can look back two years into your, your earnings and say, well, you have the capacity to earn. Guys, don't think you can game these people. The fight is long and it is legal. You guys got to move in a different way. You can also not have kids. You can also move to another country. You can also have a kids in the other country. This game has figured you guys out, guys. There, there's Don't think that you guys can sit here for two or three hours get game, and then go into a court where they deal with this shit every day. Not only do they deal with this shit every day, the, in these agencies, they, they hear your excuses all the time. They see your games all the time, putting your business in a business account, uh, putting your name in an LLC, putting your stuff in the trust, putting your brother's name on the business. They do this all day, every day. So don't think you're going to sit here. Well, all you have to do is don't ever listen to that. They got y'all ass figured out. As soon as you accept the mail, you they got you in the system. 
<laughs> Don't has that, man. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, dudes running game on the family court. Yeah, brothers. All right, JC says, Am I, wait, I'm in my last few months and my ex is reaching. Says I need to buy my daughter a car since I don't do anything else for her. It's never ending drama with her. Also, there's barbecue. That's another there's tactic. Barbecue in there. That's another tactic. They're getting some sort of support from you or they're getting more custody. And then when the kid needs a car, then they, what happened? Why won't you give your kid a car? I don't owe my kid a car. I don't see my kid to have the car. So you're going to buy the car so the car can be over there. I guarantee you, you buy that car, you'll never see that car. Don't fall for the, don't fall for the, you got to buy your kid a car. Hell no. No, I don't. <laughs> guys, be hardcore on these people. You guys, I've been telling you this for a long time and I have, haven't talked about these messages for a long time. Okay. You guys got to be hardcore. You don't owe them a car. What the fuck? And if the kid ruins the car, what? I ain't seen nothing. You ain't never going to see the damn car. And you're going to be paying the insurance. That's a jackass move. No. You got custody of the kid. You buy the kid a car. And if you can't afford to buy the kid a car, well, good luck with your parentage. Damn. Looks like you winning out here. I ain't buying you shit. As long as the kid, if the kid lives with me, the kid will get a car. And that car can be parked right in front of my damn townhouse. Okay. But I'm not buying a car. To be over there. No. Absolutely not. Nope. That's a no. Somebody said I bought my car, daughter a car, crashed twice, and sent to auction. Absolutely. Nope. This is why I say I'm a deadbeat. I proudly accept my position. First stage is admitting deadbeat daddy CGA. I'm not buying no kid, no car that don't live with me. Or is on 50-50 custody. Nope. Not going to happen. And I want y'all brothers to listen. Y'all got to play hardcore. You what, what, your kid? No, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. I'm a deadbeat. <laughs> All right, anyway. Yep. Uh, shout out to Manny. He says business accounts. Yes. Get a business account. Get a business account. I don't have one, though. I don't see hide nor hair or no business account, but business business accounts, um, you can't sue businesses for child support because businesses don't have ki kids. With that being said, if you have a business account, they can't levy it, but they can use it against you in the courts if they do think you have one. They're not supposed to use one against you, but dumbasses bring their business account information to child support. You're a dumbass if you do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know. You go like, they'd be like, uh, well, what do you do for a living? I don't know. I don't have a job. Oh, it says here you have a business. What? You have a business. Oh, you think I have a business? Yes, I think you have a business. Well, you need to bring your business statements to the damn place so we can determine. And then you tell them to kiss your ass. All right. And then you tell them when you go into court, tell them they'll, they'll say you're not cooperating. Okay. Well, whatever you think I have, subpoena it. Whatever you think I have, subpoena it. Use your power to subpoena. And that's going to cost your baby mama terrorist about a couple of grand every time they subpoena every document. I ain't bringing shit to the party. Unless they order it through a demand for production. And even then, 
I ain't bringing shit to the park. All right. Bring all your bank statements. I don't think so. Guys, you guys got to go in there, act like, look, they can't do, they can't throw you in jail. The best, the worst they can do, people think they're going to throw you in jail when you go in there. They can't, they can't throw you in jail. The only time they can throw you in jail is when you violate a court order. But if they are saying you need to bring this and that and they haven't subpoenaed it and they don't have an order from the judge, tell them to kiss your ass. Okay, great. I ain't bringing a goddamn thing in. <laughs> Why don't I bring the bloody glove in with OJ? Why don't I bring OJ and the bloody glove in? Why don't I bring the Bruno Mollies? Why don't I bring the damn, the, the ski mask? What else? The knife? What else you want me to bring? <laughs> Guys, you can't use evidence that you can't, uh, in, in, in any constitutional court, you can't, you're not required to bring evidence against yourself. Never be intimidated by this shit. They're going, well, you better bring, okay. Use your power of subpoena. He ain't cooperating. Okay, now what you going to do? Okay, I'm not cooperating. They're going to be what? Make you pay for the hearing today? Okay. <laughs> All right, how much did the hearing cost for today? $1,500. All right, here we go. Moving on. <laughs> now what? You still got to subpoena my shit at the end of the day. <laughs> anyway, and here's your $1,500 for the hearing. I borrowed it from my parents. But if you have a W-2, you can't do any of this stuff. And do not schedule a coaching call for me if you got to appear in child support court tomorrow. Mm. Dudes be like, hey, man, I got to go to court tomorrow. What do I do? Too late. <laughs> oh, man. Debbie, daddy, I am. Anyway. Okay, here we go. O'Neal Perez, so where do you keep your money in a mattress? I don't know, man. I don't know where to keep your money. I, I've never done it. I just haven't had a job in a long time. I just don't have any savings accounts. I just don't. I don't keep money anywhere. I'm trying to get a job. <laughs> Eli says, I just paid off $20,000 in arrears. $20,000 in arrears. So my man wasn't, he definitely had no driver's license. Classy B says, taking notes, coach. Private investigator in the building listening to all this shit here. I am broke, brothers. But look, 20K in child support arrangements. You guys better take notes, man. This game is out here for y'all. I never say I never did anything. We, we got uh, AB Network guy says, testing the Super Chats 2.0. Shout out to the coach and the coach game. Jim B, thank you for that Super Chat. Speaking my mind says, you can apply for FHH. Uh, FHA loans long after three years after bankruptcies. Yeah, uh, bankruptcies don't mean what they mean anymore. So uh, most of the time, a bankruptcy is a legal move as opposed to somebody's broke. And uh, you got to understand that a person is not broke because they filed for bankruptcy. So uh, I would say 40 years ago, 30 years ago, for sure, if you did bankruptcy, it was like, oh, man. But since the housing crash of 20, 2008, and uh, many of these economies have failed uh, so bad. Bankruptcy is not that big of a deal. Most of the time, it doesn't really affect you after three years. Like, it's still on your credit report, but it doesn't affect you. I'm not encouraging you to do it either because there are some negatives as well. But um, with that being said, because so many people lost their ass in 2008, they had to short sale. They've been foreclosed on. They had to file bankruptcy. And people use it as a legal tactic as opposed to a, a financial tactic. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, somebody said it. 
perfectly. Bankruptcy is like marriage now. It's more like divorce now. Bankruptcy is like divorce now. 40 years ago, you say you got divorced. It was like, wow. You say you got divorced five years ago. Nobody cares. Bankruptcy is something like that. It's something like that. So, uh, yes, it stays on your record, but the effects of it starts to wear off amongst the years. Past three years, it becomes less impactful on your credit. I'm not encouraging you to do it, though, because you got to weigh the pros and cons. If you're a house guy, you want to buy a house when the market turns and you got one on your record, you ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going nowhere. Not, not immediately. Uh, let's see here. Johnny John says, I am the game and I... He says, I'm the damn, wait a minute. Oh, he says, I am the game and I'm that damn good. He says, the government maybe. He says, I appreciate the teachings, coach. When you're thinking about the uh, the government, I know you guys want, how do I get over on this? When you're talking about the government, here's my here's my advice. This is going to be, um, this is going to be my advice. And JC says, I filed for bankruptcy six years ago and my credit score is higher than it was before I filed the bankruptcy and more credit and income than because. Dude, that happens all the time. Your credit score actually goes up. I mean, it's weird. But let me tell you something about this. This is going to be my advice to you, gentlemen. This is going to be my advice to you. You want my advice? Here's my advice. Don't go to court. Don't go to court. In your life, you never want to be on any side of the court, whether you're the plaintiff or the defendant, whether you're the um whether you're the person who is the uh, respondent or the petitioner, stay out of court and your life will be beautiful. Now, if you get a speeding ticket and you got to go to court, you will realize you don't want to be there. If you get sued for some bullshit in small claims court or any a big claim court in civil court, you're going to wish you weren't there. If you go get married, and then you then consequently get divorced, you're going to wish you did not get in court. If you get a speeding ticket, a violation, if you get uh, arrested for shoplifting, you're going to wish you never ever stepped in court. The point of it all is court is not where you want to be, sir. And many of guys experience, their only experience with court is through marriage. Take notes, stay out of court and any action that does end in you could possibly get to court don't do it don't do it i don't care what it is now speeding is one thing right that's the probably the lowest level but even then you don't want to be there but any action you take that does could potentially you could end in court and you just say ah, i'll roll the dice and then you think you're going to finesse the courts gentlemen you're not finessing the courts Sometimes you can get a slap on the wrist. Sometimes you can hire an attorney. You're going to pay one way or another. Stay out of court. You riding dirty. You got your tags all unregistered. You're inviting the court. My life advice for men. Stay out of court. Stay out of court. That's all I can tell you guys. You don't want to be there under any circumstances. Criminal court. Think of the actions that you take. When you're trying to get some easy money or you're trying to shoplift something, I want you to think about it. Could I end in court? Look at look at your boy, young, young thug, gonna, uh, Tory Lanes. These are just the black men. These men are wealthy and they still in court and lost their freedom. You don't want to be in court. Avoid 
going to court. And your life will be wonderful. <laughs> when he talks about divorce court, you go to divorce court, you're going to be, it's going to be cancer. Yeah, you beat cancer, but you still got cancer. Okay, Enigma says thank you for okay. Thank you for the uh Enigma says thank you for this checking versus savings account. Yeah, false alligator court, domestic violence court, stay out of court. Gray hates radio off topics. What are your thoughts about why women divorce men who are so bad but still keep their last names? Well, there's reasons why. Sometimes they're doing it to I don't think I think women who keep men's last names when they divorce them, I think the one reason they might do it and I'm giving you guys, ladies, the benefit of the doubt, is to not confuse the kids, right? So I don't look at that as she needs to change her name back. I see why people would think that. But they are also, you know, if your kids are young, it confuses the kids. Why do you have a different name, mom or dad? Why, did you, why is your name different? So it does keep the confusion away. And I've seen women go back to court to fight, not fight. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. You have to. You have to go to court. Women have to go to court to change their name back. I don't know if you guys know that. Because I seen a woman. I was in court one day and I saw a woman. She took her ex-husband. They had been divorced for a decade. But because the kids were older now, she went back to court to get her last name back. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> and she was sitting in there. I can't wait to get my last name. She was in there all toxic and shit. And the dude was like, can we get this shit over with? He wasn't even fighting it. I don't even know why he even had to appear. He was like, I don't even care. And she was like, and I can't wait. And I can't get rid of his last name. He like, do it. The judge was like, do you disagree? He was like, no, man, can I go home? Shit. And she was like, thank you. I got my freedom back. I got my name back. I was like, oh, my God, dude. It never ends with the bullshit. He was like, you can have it, bitch. I don't want you to keep it. Speaking my mind says, get your paperwork in order. If you haven't got my courses, this is where I do grift and we got to get out of here. You haven't got my courses. I tell you the one thing you can do as a man, especially as a black man, is get your paperwork in order. Most of the men who end up in the foul uh, places of authority with the police, most of them had their paperwork all out of order, meaning their tags were unregistered. They didn't have the insurance documentation. Their driver's license was missing or, or it was expired. They didn't have an ID. See, these things can keep you out of trouble. But when you have your shit messed up and then you're trying to explain on the back end, well, it didn't give the police the right to shoot them. Well, you wouldn't have got pulled over if your tags were right. I'm just letting you know. And you pay off your parking tickets. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have your shit in order. Part of being a man, not a child, is getting your paperwork in order. And if you can't keep your registration tags in order, how the hell are you going to have a legacy or build wealth? You could for sure ain't got no damn life insurance if you ain't got your damn car tags registered. Stop being, uh, stop being women out here. Stop being young, immature men. And stop looking, oh, wow, I didn't give them a right to do. You're not getting put over if your tags are right. And if your tags are right and they pull you over, they need to have another reason why. And don't give them a reason. You guys give them a reason and then mad when they these repercussions come. Okay, anyway, Bob says, can they suspend all your passports? <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you mean? All of them. 
How many do you have? How many do you have? Do you have passports from other countries? I don't think they could suspend a passport from another country. So if you have a passport, a European passport, and an American passport, I don't think they can do the other one. It's only the American passport. Okay, so then you would have to figure out, yeah, you'd have to figure out that if you have the other passport, then you could probably freely travel. Yeah, you have dual nationality. So he's got two. So they can only get the United States passport. All right, they can't get the other one. Somebody says he's a sovereign. That's why they pulled me over, shaking my head, big dummy. Yeah, sovereigns. You big dummy. I talk about that with sovereigns. Sovereigns do want a sovereignty from the government, but uh, sovereigns do tend to not have license plates tags on their car. <laughs> so, because they don't believe they don't, be, they're, they're sovereign from the government. They don't have to proceed with uh, doing car registrations, driver's license, and all that. The problem is you're gonna get pulled over. You're going to get pulled. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to come to your door, and you're going to have to tell them you're sovereign and prove it. That's a position I don't really want to be in because now, you know what I mean? Now you're going to have to go through a lot of explanation. You got a lot of explaining to do, and you're well within your right to be sovereign. However, you're going to roll around and be sovereign and drive cars with no license plate tag on it. You know what I mean? You can't be sovereign in the middle of Philadelphia. You got to be sovereign in the middle of Los Angeles. That's going to be kind of weird. You're going to explain why you ain't got no license plate tag and you got a marijuana joint in your car. You know what I mean? You better be, you better be thorough. Let me see here. Okay. Anyway, that's out of here, brothers. Uh, let me check. Let me check before we go. Anybody got a whole bunch of information in game? Take notes. Uh, Justify Masogany says, mom wants to borrow money to remodel. Thoughts? Your mother does? Nope. Money and blood don't mix like two with nope. Find yourself in serious. <laughs> no. Never lend money to your parent, your, your family. The only thing you can do is give away money to your family. Never lend money to family. That includes your mother. That's a no. If you give, if you do it out of the kindness of your heart, just give it as a gift. All right. But that money is not coming back. And then when it does, you attempt to make that money come back. They're going to use their parentage or their family ties to you and guilt you out of doing it. This is like uh, when you have a, a residential property and you let your family move in and you become their landlord. Eventually, you're going to ruin the family relationship because you're now their landlord. Guys, this is all very basic knowledge. Be selfish out here. No government name says CGA is becoming a cultural icon. The IG page, City Hood, Hoodville just posted a meme about protecting your meat. That's what we're doing out here. Thanks for sharing, City Boys. Travis says, when people say you don't fight for your kids, you should ask them, so you want me to fight against my child's mother and watch them shuffle. Yeah. Because that's who you're fighting for your kids from. You're not fighting with the government. You're fighting the mom. Paul says, I went to court to stop the jab. And I read that one already. We're doing PayPal. And we got a quite a few on PayPal. So stick with me and hit the like button on your way out. Uh, SAU says, Coach, do you think it's good to keep uh, paying for full, paying full for private school after a divorce? That's a personal choice. That's a personal choice. All right. So if you want to do that, fine. As long as the mother doesn't interfere with that process or take credit for getting them in the private school, which then they tend to do that too, right? But if you want to give your kids the opportunity of private school and you want to pay, go ahead. 
I just realized that it could be money wasted thrown away. Uh, they will still be at the private school throwing dirt on your name. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen that shit. You paying full tuition to private school or you got the tuition paid for, they still throwing you under the bus at the school. Guys, this is a gift that you want to give to your kids. Give your kids the gift. King Uru says, I never paid, coach. But I, I say do it. You know what I mean? But that's just a gift. It's not going to be appreciated fully until later on in life. Right? Later on in life, your kids might say, damn, actually, my dad put it out there for me. Sometimes they don't care. All right. No government name paying my tuition. You're doing God's work. Brothers need to know this information. Indeed. You better, you better know this. I'm giving y'all so much game. This is worth more than sex. The game I'm saving you. Men, I've saved many men tens of thousands of dollars. Not only that, I've had my philosophy has made men hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sizzle says, thank you, coach, for all the wisdom you provide daily. These mission ninjas ain't ready for that 2023 barbecue. It's barbecue in there. We made men money over here. We took men out. Of the, we took money out of the system. This is why they don't hate. This is why they hate us over here. Okay, uh, last one. Emmanuel says, for being my YouTube mentor and having such a great podcast today. Thank you, man. Thank you, brothers. All right, get your paperwork in order. All right, that's the that's the that's the word of the day. That's the word of the day. And don't pay more than the court tells you to pay. You're not entitled to. Okay, it's going to be considered a gift and it can be used against you later on. So do play this game very effectively. Be smart about what you're doing. And oh, the word of the day, never go to court. Never go to court. You're going to live a great life if you've never involved yourself in court. And by the way, starting a business and owning a home is a great way to get your ass in court. <laughs> anyway, shout out to the coach gang and we out of here. Peace. I'm like hotter than average. Take the average. I'm hotter than average. I'm smarter than average. I'm funnier than average. I'm above. I'm an above average individual. I'm 33 and I look like young. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I deserve an insanely rich guy.